0: see. And today we're going to be talking about well actually see this is our uh, this is our very first Marvel Cinematic Universe film review.
1: It is. It really is and I you know for some reason I thought we did another one but it turns out Morbius just came out and we didn't see it.
0: Yeah, cuz you know we actually do love ourselves and don't want to go through <laughs> don't want to go through the pain of having to explain why Jared Leto as a living vampire, while it may work on paper, it just doesn't work in execution. But- Crimes
1: of Grindelwald was enough. We just needed to give ourselves a reprieve. Although this, I think, No Morbius came out before Crimes of Grindelwald. So never mind.
0: Yeah. But yeah. Um, and the only reason we didn't do a review last weekend was because the only new movie out last weekend was, um, what was it called? Uh, uh, the uh, Bad Liam- Guys. No, no, no. The Bad Guys actually came out the weekend we saw uh, The Northman. Uh, That's
1: right. And right. uh,
0: massive talent. No,
1: that's um, what we were gonna do last week. Sorry, that's what I meant to say. Yeah,
0: but we didn't. Um, yeah. the the, other, the only other new movie was uh, a Liam Neeson action movie called uh, Memories that had like a twenty percent on Rotten Tomatoes, and we were like, we don't get paid to do this. Yeah. Why? Why are, Why would we make ourselves go through that?
1: If we had been paid, we would have gone, and you would have heard a review. But we aren't being paid, so there you go.
0: There you go. There you go. And um, to be
1: clear, if we were, if we are ever at any point in our lives paid for a review, we will still give a honest review, of course.
0: Of course, of course, we are ethical, moral film reviewers here. So Speak for uh, yourself. see, see, <laughs> so see. Uh, I guess. Um, oh God. Broaching this topic can be so massive. I mean the, yeah. the standard <laughs> the the standard question would be like what are your overall thoughts on um on the MCU? Uh, oh, but geez. let's 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 do something at least a little bit more like interesting. All right. Uh Doctor Strange, are you a fan? Do you do you, are you like a Doctor Strange super nerd? Any anything? What's your relationship no. with Doctor Strange?
1: So I know I first learned who Doctor Strange was on an advertisement on a Marvel, on a different Marvel comic. I think it was for, it was either for the Hulk or it was for, uh, Fantastic Four, one or the other, because I was subscribed to both pretty heavily at this time. And I remember it was just a, you know, like a simple little paper advertisement for, uh, an animated movie of Doctor Strange. And I think it was a retelling of his origin story, but it was an animated movie, basically. And it was, it had just come out, this animated movie had just come out, I think, right after... Either right after, I think it was around the third Spider Man era. It may not have been that exact same, it may not have been the same exact time, but it was around that era. I remember seeing advertisements for that as well. So that's the first I had ever heard of Doctor Strange at all. Uh, Since then, while I have seen the first Doctor Strange movie, and I think I've witnessed any sort of. media that included any sort of live action media that included him in it I have never read any of the comics and I have never been like an avid follower of of him although I learned today that his mannerisms and behavior are based on Vincent Price, a really? well-known you, you yes. You
0: just learned that today. I
1: just learned that I'd never knew that before, and I should have realized that, seeing as I did know his his middle name was Vincent, and I know some people call him that at various times.
0: Um, actually, his uh, uh or, is it Price? Oh, you're, you're,
1: no, his middle uh, name.
0: Oh, his middle name, yeah. No, his, his middle name. name, yeah. I think I think, I think that's right, I think. Yeah, it's,
1: no, this is what the informative little thing I saw today said or claimed, and looking back, I do remember that word being used a few times to reference him in some kind of way, mm-hmm. but I didn't realize, and it's so clear and obvious that, of course, it would be based off Vincent Price, because I'm actually a pretty big fan of Vincent Price. I've seen his most well-known stuff, and I've seen some pretty pretty deep level unknown stuff of vincent price so i guess what i'm trying to say is i don't know a lot about dr strange but i do know a lot about the person he is based on vincent price so okay. that's sort of this balance
0: okay so my first exposure with uh Stephen strange was when he he had like a guest appearance on the 90s spider-man the animated series show okay. him and uh him and wong actually were were like in a couple episodes and I I remember being exposed to him there. I want to say I want to say he was also like maybe in an episode of The Incredible Hulk that also came out in the nineties and that mm-hmm. that animated show, I wanna say. I could be wrong, that could be like a phantom memory. But that was my first exposure to to oh, Doctor. Oh for Strange. a second I
1: thought you meant the live action with Lou Ferrigno. I'm like, there's no way no, 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 that the, they would the, do
0: that. So so in the nineties we had um we had the X Men, Spider Man Incredible Hulk and the Fantastic Four, I believe. Oh, so were there uh,
1: two? Was Hulk the only one in the '90s who had a live-action and a animated series? Because the live-action Hulk series ended in
0: 1997. Um, like going on at the same time because Spider-Man had a live-action show in the '70s. Yeah, I mean, going on at the same time. Oh no 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 no, uh, that's not true. And even by that time, I'm pretty sure the. The Lou Frignall Hulk stuff was TV movies around that time.
1: Oh, so like in the late 90s, it stopped being the show and it was more the TV movies. Yeah, exactly. I've always forget that like there are shows of that of the earlier era, like the 70s, 80s, the 70s and 80s that did a lot of TV TV movies in the 90s mm-hmm. or like and then maybe some didn't make it to the 90s. Like the biggest example of that, though, not related to any kind of superhero is Columbo. He had TV movies all the way until the very early 2000s. Like I wow. think t- very I emphasize very early 2000s, like mm-hmm. maybe 2001. OK, p- maybe like okay. pushed it.
0: OK, well, kind of circling back to uh, yeah. to Doctor Strange, uh, I actually learned or knew that he was based on vincent Price pretty early on in my life um if i'm not mistaken I, I i distinctly recall reading somewhere that like a bit of trivia that uh stan lee gave when he did like his dear reader section on his comics oh. was that he was based off of vincent price and then i definitely know around that same time i saw that Scooby Doo show that Vincent Price was on the the what was it the 13 ghosts of Scooby Doo yes and literally it's Vincent Price like that it's it's him but he's like wearing like this cloak and stuff so so yeah. it's like oh Oh, that's uh, that looks like uh, Doctor Stephen Strange. But in any case, um, also I,
1: real. I'm, I'm so sorry, and I won't I won't interrupt like this again. Or I'll try not to. For those of you out there who don't know what Vincent who Vincent Price is, I, first off, see, crawl I, I crawl I do, out from
0: under a rock. I, I think most people know who Vincent Price but is. But what I was going to
1: say is, if you really don't, you've definitely all everyone's heard him because he's the big he's the macabre uh, voice in the in the song Thriller, Michael
0: Jackson's Thriller.
1: I. I I, but okay. again, I think most people know who he is. I I, I think right.
0: most people know who he is. Mostly I've just like, been
1: amazed. I've been amazed with these zoomers, man. These zoomers don't know who certain people are, or they think a certain remake is the first ever or original. Okay. And I'm like, how dare I, you?
0: I I, I But
1: I, again, I, maybe I, no Zoomers listen to us, so that could be true too.
0: That that could also be true. But but I think a big thing is that most Zoomers uh have seen uh uh, Edward Scissorhands and Vincent Price is like in the prologue to Vin- uh, Edward Scissorhands. But uh, right, anyway, kids. anyway, yeah, anyway, anyway, circling back, um, I saw the, the the first Doctor Strange movie or, or actually let me go a little further back. So the first mention of Doctor Strange, of Stephen Strange, is in a, a little scene in the third act of Captain America and the Winter Soldier, where the... Um, where, you know, they're trying to stop this this like AI-led, uh, like, um, gosh, what were, the, what were those things? Those helicarriers that were like computer programmed and they were targeting specific people. And one of the specific targets was uh, Stephen Strange. That was the first mention that Stephen Strange is in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So people got excited. And I remember thinking to myself when they announced uh, the original uh Director for the first film, Scott Derrickson. I was like, oh, he's a horror director, so they might be going in a horror direction with the movie. And mm-hmm. then I saw the, and then I saw the movie. You know, I think one one of the funniest and things. The first movie it,
1: had no horror direction.
0: Well, no, it didn't. Um, but I think one of the funny, one of the funnier things was that when everybody was taught, like back in 2014, 2015, when everyone was talking about like, oh, who'd be a good, uh, who'd be a good Stephen Strange? Um, that was around the same time that. Uh, that Benedict Cumberbatch was kind of cementing himself as an A-lister, yes. And everyone and their mother was basically saying, "Oh, Benedict Cumberbatch would make a perfect uh, Stephen Strange." Yeah, because he had you'd...
1: just been nominated for an Oscar in the imi- in the Imitation Game,
0: which came out in 2015, right?
1: Yeah. So that's like right on t- right on par with what ends up happening to him.
0: I, I think I think it really was. I-, I started hearing talk of Benedict Cumberbatch would make a great Strange like as early as. Uh, 2013 you know people were like oh Oh, he's like sherlock holmes and like oh you're right that would make more sense because by 2015 they would already have filmed it or most of it or they cast it in 2015 they
1: would have cast it by then so you're right actually it just coincided that he got an oscar nomination i'm not wrong he he's now but benedict cumberbatch is now a two-time oscar nominee right
0: uh i let me let me take a look
1: Cause I thought it was he got a nomination for The Imitation Game, and then he got another one for Power of the Dog. Now, now I'm questioning the first one. I know I'll, we all know he got Power of the Dog, but now I'm wondering, did he get something for Imitation Game?
0: I want to say yes. Okay. Okay. He was nominated for two Oscars. But but kind of going back to that. Sorry. Yeah. Um. So the uh, where where was I going with this? Okay. So the the one the funny thing was was like his casting was kind of one of those things where it's like everyone was like oh it's such an obvious casting choice that marvel's going to go in a different direction because that'd be what would happen you know mm-hmm. people would be like oh uh this would be such an uh, obvious like like the same thing happened with Brian Cranston when they were casting for Lex Luthor everyone was like yeah. oh Brian Cranston is like an obvious choice for Lex Luthor but because of Marvel's reputation of kind of making left field casting choices, yeah. or or casting choices that people weren't expecting, we, we we no one ever expected Benedict Cumberbatch to actually be Doctor Strange. Yeah. Um, and then there was a hot rumor for a minute that uh, Joaquin Phoenix was gonna be Doctor Strange. There were that... there were meetings and talks. We know that. So my understanding was was that like they were going to announce him in like the the one of the Comic Cons, either the 2014 or the 2015 Comic Con but that he balked at the like multi-picture deal. He's like I'm I'm not doing that and that yeah. they basically I, I I can't remember which Comic-Con it was, but there was a Comic-Con where famously they they didn't announce a cast, a casting choice. And people well, think yeah. people think that Joaquin Phoenix literally dropped out at the last minute. And then a couple months later, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch is cast. And I remember thinking to myself like, "Oh wow, the internet actually kind of sort of predicted something and but most people were like oh yeah it's not
1: well out of I left know field. I know one ongoing rumor was um, when Joaquin Phoenix did you were never really here or was it you were never really here you're never really there but either way uh, which was a very interesting movie about basically the uh, not a fixer but a sort of I guess a fixer or sort of a not not quite a hitman but someone assigned uh, sort of, uh uh, a private investigator of sorts. And everyone likes, the rumor at the time was, and I actually heard this from you originally, was that, oh, he turned out doc, he turned down Dr. Strange to do this instead. But that can't be confirmed because the timing, it, it's unclear if the timing lines up or not. But
0: he... I, I can't yeah. say I remember telling you that, but I do remember hearing and saying that oh, he didn't want to do a multi-picture deal. Mm. Um, which, obviously, if you're going to join the MCU, that's You have of, to. Yeah, you have to. There, there's no other way about it. So, anyway. <laughs> kind of circling back to Doctor sorry,
1: Strange. Sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This is okay. my fault.
0: Okay. Kind of circling back to Doctor Strange. So, I've uh, been Oh, but
1: one more. With One more thing. One more thing. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm
0: kidding. <laughs> okay. Um, I won't do that, okay. I promise. Okay. So, circling back to Doctor Strange. Um... So the Benedict Cumberbatch casting, people were like, oh, all right. Oh, well. Uh, then edu Ejiofor was cast as a Baron Mordo. Uh, and then there was big controversy when uh, Tilda Swinton was cast as the Ancient One. Yes. Um, and then uh, one of the one of the writers of the film, um, what, what was his name? Uh, uh, it's Scott Sterrickson. Oh, gosh. This guy's like a really fun podcaster, too. Um, let me find out. Uh, one of the writers uh, C Robert Cargill uh, basically said, oh, we didn't want to make the ancient one Asian because you know uh, there were these harmful stereotypes surrounding the character but then a, a, a big chunk of the fandom was like, hey, you know we still want some sort of like uh, Asian representation in Dr. Strange and this is this is kind of something that that I find really funny. The original, draft of dr strange they made great pains to not do asian stereotypes with uh the ancient one hence why they cast tilda swinton and they omitted wong who in the comics originally is kind of sort of Stephen strange's manservant mm. but kevin feige was like no the fans are right you know some asian representation would be nice so and this was like last minute of last minute they wrote in a a they wrote in an interpretation of the Wong character and cast Benedict Wong in the character and you know people if if you've been following the MCU the Wong character has basically become like the new Phil Coulson but we'll 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 get to that cuz we're going mm-hmm. on 20 minutes and yeah. I still kind of ha- we still kinda haven't talked about the background of this movie we're going um, on 16
1: minutes and 11 seconds
0: okay so um so the film comes out and it's not like so. This comes out like on the heels of civil war, so you know, it, all it had to do was basically uh, introduce Stephen Strange and not much else, and it does that fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mads Mickelson was cast as the villain, but he of was, course he was, but he was very unmemorable in it. Um, I'll, to mm-hmm. be quite frank, um, again people he, people he's played he's played better villains in other movies. Yeah, people were. Okay with Benedict Cumberbatch's interpretation of Stephen Strange. Uh, one of the criticisms of the film that ended up being a bigger criticism when uh, Avengers: Infinity War came out was that oh he's he's kind of just uh, he's kind of just uh, Tony Stark but in uh, surgeon scrubs. Yeah. You know, and that that was a big criticism. That that criticism kind of has gotten bigger as the movies have gone along, or yeah. as the character has appeared in more movies. Um, you know, the people were surprised that, you know, Scott Derrickson was chosen to direct this film and that the film, you know, went into kind of mysticism a bit, but really wasn't like a kind of like this horror movie thing people were expecting, you know, because believe it or not, uh even though when you think of Doctor Strange, you think of like trippy, like, uh, back when the character came, who, who drew him? I was, well, I don't know. I know Stanley wrote him, and but he was created by, or he was written, or drew, drawn. Drawn. Drawn, thank you. He illustrated. Was, illustrated by, was it a Ditka? Or, or Ditka, I want to say? I do not know. Because there's always two. Uh, let me see. Steve Ditko. There you go. Steve Ditko. Okay, so... it's brought to you by Nevermind. Yeah. Steve Ditko uh, drew him, and he used these very wild, kind of like LSD trippy imagery, right? (laughs) And and the Scott Derrickson film had some of that stuff, Uh, you know, but kind of going into the late 70s and 80s, when horror movies started really, really becoming popular, Mm -hmm. uh, Doctor Strange kind of pivoted into kind of this sort of marvel's answer to justice league dark kind of their answer to constantine where he was doing working with like these scary spirits type thing Mm -hmm. um he you saw him teaming up with characters like ghost rider uh Mm -hmm. um so so people didn't he work alongside blade once or twice oh yeah blade as well um so so basically there is there were there's basically these two eras of doctor strange the Steve Ditko inspired like trippy mysticism uh uh sorcerer arts that the first film uh covered and then there was this other section that a lot of Gen X fans and uh l- like like older millennials grew up with which was he's kind of like the the Constantine in the Marvel universe where where he covers kind of the horror elements like yeah. stuff like that and you know but it was it
1: was horror from all parts of the world not just kind of european based or even catholic oh, yeah. based yeah it yeah. was in china japan uh Afri- various countries in africa uh everywhere like yeah, really yeah. everywhere
0: yeah so when scott derrickson was chosen to direct people were expecting that version of dr strange but you know he, he went with the steve ditko version of dr strange which which kind of makes sense cuz that's where Doctor Strange started off in. Well anyway, so the film was a hit um even, even though people had their complaints about Benedict Cumberbatch's interpretation mm-hmm. of the film, uh people were still like, "Oh, well, you know, you, we'd like to see him again." And, you know, if if you guys are listening to this podcast, he has popped up in a Marvel movie once a year except in 2020 for obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. So he's kind of become like the new He's he's the new um you know what he is?
1: He's the he's the continuity now of yeah. like a lot of these movies. He's like yeah. the one guy that'll like, he's the continuity. Cause you could tell they were trying to see if they could make iron man, the continuity, but then Robert Downey Jr. didn't like doing that anymore.
0: So, well, they- I-, I was going to kind of compare more. You remember that? Like, like basically Chris Evans appeared in one Marvel movie a year ever since, uh, ever since the first, uh, captain America.
2: Hmm.
0: Yeah, he literally Captain America. Then the next year was Avengers. Then the year after that was Thor: The Dark World. Then the year after that was uh, I don't Captain know how Amer- many
1: people I don't know how many people count that because it wasn't really Captain America. It was just a. A, so, a disguise but, that but Loki put on but for two Chris, seconds. Chris Evans, but Chris Evans is oh, in it.
0: The right? actor Chris Evans, yeah, sure is it. Yeah, so Chris Evans. So he keeps popping up to remind you that, like, oh yeah, this is kind of all connected. It's a very subconscious type thing, but he does appear. And again, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch does this with Doctor Strange. He's appeared in his own movie, then Infinity War, then Endgame, uh, then um, uh, let's oh no, uh, his own movie then uh, Thor uh, Ragnarok, then Infinity War, then uh, Endgame, and obviously nothing in 2020, and uh, Spider-Man No Way Home, and now his own movie again. Mm-hmm. So for all intents and purposes, he might pop up in another movie next year that we're not aware of. But He'll pop
1: up in quite a few, I
0: think. Yeah, but anyway, uh, I, I guess there's just... So, be, As we're talking right now, I'm realizing that kind of talking about the MCU just takes up a lot of time, takes up a lot of time. So let's just let's just get into watching the 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 trailer and then talking about our thoughts on this actual movie, which is why people are listening listening. (laughs) to this. The last
1: thing I'll say while you're getting the trailer ready is Mm -hmm. the night I saw the first Doctor Strange movie, I had. To knowingly get up at five in the morning for a long 15 hour sh- film day at, on a shoot. And I was just like, so I think I was uncomfortable the whole time because I knew that was coming. But that's <laughs> all I'll say.
0: Okay. All right. So here is uh, Marvel Studios' Doctor Strange and the Multiverse. Multiverse of, of Madness. Well, there you go. Don't cast that spell. It's too dangerous. Why?
2: We tampered with the stability of space time. Multiverse is a concept about which we know frighteningly little. Your desecration of reality will not go unpunished, unpunished, unpunished. It was the only way. But I never meant for any of this to happen. Later, you'd show up. I made mistakes, and people were hurt. I'm not here to talk about Westview. Then, what are you here for? I need your help. With what? What do you know about the
0: multiverse?
2: I'm sorry, Stephen. You understand the greatest threat to our universe
0: is you.
1: very different from the trailer that became popular later on
0: yeah so I very intentionally showed the teaser trailer that came out uh once uh Spider-Man No Way Home was released
1: that gives it a very this makes this movie look very different than what it actually ended up becoming yeah because the second trailer the more popular one more slightly more aligns though not fully with what this movie's going to be about but this gives you a completely different vibe
0: yeah, no. Uh, and again, I, that was very intentional uh, with with what I was kind of my point was that mm-hmm. um, the marketing and uh, th- th- there's going to be a bit of difficulty discussing this movie like in uh, in, in like, obviously, we want to avoid spoilers. Um, but there's like a there's like a big elephant in the room that me and C are going to try to talk around. Um, I'm actually thinking right now, uh, see, do, do you think we should do a, another episode kind of going more into spoilers? Cause I just realized there's, there's one element that we can't really talk about.
1: Um, so there's one thing we can't talk about, you're saying, um, because it deals in line with spoilers. Um, yeah. Um, I don't, I think what we should do is we should. Talk a little bit about the movie more broadly, and then we might just have to acknowledge that in order to go any further, we have to spoil something.
0: Okay, actually, yeah, I like your idea. That that's a great idea. So that that's what we're going to do. And we will warn you when the, we audience when that happens. Exactly. Um, okay. So, uh, but kind of the point I wanted to bring. So, um, and here's the rules for spoilers, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Um, it's it's now May twenty twenty two. Uh, if you're going to be mad because we spoil Spider-Man No Way Home, um, yeah, no. Spo- rules say we can talk about it. So yeah. Doctor Strange uh, basically kind of creates a multi multiverse fiasco in Spider-Man No Way Home, which ends up with uh, the Spider-Man from Sam Raimi's uh, trilogy and the Spider-Man from uh, the Mark Webb uh, two movie series kind of their characters coming into the world of the MCU. And, and so, and it's really pretty much because all, all that happened was that Tom Holland's Peter Parker asks Dr. Strange, Hey, I want people to forget I'm Spider-Man. I, I know it sounds really silly, but that's what happened. So but what's interesting
1: sh- is the movie also implies that this also sort of began when he figured out the only way to be- defeat Thanos so it's kind of like the movie's a little vague as to whether him doing what he did in Spider-Man is what caused all of this or what he actually pushed the domino of in um, the, the uh, previous Avengers movie where he knew his actions would lead them to start time travel. Whether, it, it's, it's, it's a little murky as to which point was the point that started this craziness.
0: Oh um okay so see I'm 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 talking about kind of what happens in Spider-Man No Way Home No, I understand. I'm, I'm, I'm still I'm still not talking about uh, multiverse of madness yet. No
1: I know uh, you're not I I understand you're not talking yeah, about so that. Yeah
0: so just we just don't want to confuse people by by being like wait what what what, what does infinity or what does Endgame have to do and anyway let me yeah. so sorry the um so when this trail or this teaser we just played for you came out it, it, it really kind of leans into the implication that Dr. Strange's... Um, what this trailer really le- leans heavily into is that Dr. Strange's actions in Spider-Man No Way Home has, has this um, domino effect into the events of Dr. Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Now, um, when the actual official trailer came out, um, it it introduces us to the character of America Chavez, and that story, that that story element is kind of front and center in the set, in the actual official trailer, where you're like, okay, so maybe it wasn't Doctor Strange isn't responsible for the where the movie's going where it's going, and by movie I mean the 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 multiverse of madness. Um, okay, and actually, see, I'm actually kind of shocked we haven't mentioned this at all, uh, which is actually a really big element of the film. Mm-hmm. S- Scott Derrickson did not return to direct. Um, he, he left over creative differences. It was, and uh, Kevin Feige uh, basically plucked Sam Raimi, who had not made a movie since uh, 2013's uh, Oz the Great and Powerful, yeah. to direct this. So
1: nearly it's it had been from the moment that Oz the Great and Powerful came out to when this has come out. It had been it's been nine years since anything has been released that he directed.
0: Yeah, exactly. So. (laughs) Let me just put it this way. This is going to be the first thing I'm going to mention in the review about actually reviewing the movie. (laughs) If If in the 32 minute mark, if you are a fan of Sam Raimi either by his style, his sense of humor, or his sense of the macabre, this is the movie for you. This is a very Sam Raimi movie. And what I mean by that is that all the flourishes you've come to know him for, either through the Evil Dead series or through his films like Darkman, um, the the film... He did like a he did like kind of a black comedy that was written by the Coen Brothers, but I can't think of the title right now.
1: Are you think of Drag Me to Hell?
0: No, 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 dude. Early in his career, like around the time he did a uh, he did uh, The Evil Dead, he directed a film that was written by the the Coen Brothers. It was, oh wow! Yeah, it was called. Give me one second. Uh, the one thing I don't like about IMDb is that instead of sending you back to where you want to go, it just kind of. Sends you back, and then you're kind of. It was called. Da, 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 da. Search by director or writers. That's what I'm doing. Oh, Crime okay. Wave. It hmm. was called Crime Wave. Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, it was released in 1985. Sam Raimi directed it, and Ethan and Joel Cohen wrote it. Oh wow. Yeah. So. So it's kind of crazy to think that because, like, hey, by no means is Sam Raimi, like, not an A list director. But, like, when you think of someone with the acclaim, with, with a duo with the acclaim as uh, the Cohen brothers, and you're like, oh, wow, they wrote something for Sam Raimi. That's crazy. And he made this right after The Evil Dead. He made it four years after The Evil Dead. Um, but again, if you're a fan of kind of the horror elements of Sam Raimi, so Drag Me to Hell the quick and the dead or no, that's, that's not a horror movie. That's a, that's a Western, but (laughs) I understand what you're saying. Well, sorry, go on. What I'm trying to say is that uh, this film more so than any other Marvel film I've seen in a while. And I know C disagrees with me because he, he, you would say that like, oh no, uh, gardens of the galaxy did this, but this to me feels like the first movie in the Marvel cinematic universe that is, very very clearly a auteur style movie and what I mean by that that the moment you see directed by Sam Raimi you're like oh well yeah because this has all the sound design he's famous for the shot design he's famous for the horror blend of horror and comedy he's famous for um like (laughs) the if you've seen Evil Dead, Evil Dead 2, and Army of Darkness. You see those films in this movie everywhere. His fingerprints are everywhere in this movie. Um, I don't know if Michael Waldron, who's the credited writer, was inspired by Sam Raimi movies when he was writing this. Or if all these flourishes came on after the fact when Sam Raimi signed on to direct. But, like, this is a Sam Raimi... more so, again, more so than any other Marvel movie, the moment I left this theater, I was like, "That, that wasn't a, that wasn't just a Marvel movie. That was a Sam Raimi movie." And I personally have never said that with, like, I've never said that with Black Panther in regards to Ryan Coogler. And uh, see, I know you disagree. I've never said that in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy in regards to James Gunn, um, and definitely not with the other d- directors who don't even have that level of authorship um, as those two do. Those two men do. Um, yeah. I mean, when <laughs> when I Thor left,
1: had Thor had a touch of Kenneth Branagh, but not much.
0: Yeah, the first Thor had a touch of Kenneth Branagh, but not much. And make no mistake, Thor Ragnarok. Well, I mean, I don't even know what you would call a Taika Waititi movie. But I didn't leave Thor Ragnarok saying to myself like, "Oh, that's a Taika Waititi movie," you know. Um, but <laughs> but yeah, uh, that that's kind of my well, first I also thoughts think on some, this film. I,
1: and we can get into this in a different episode, but some directors have more... Every director has their own take and their own style. Some are just way more clear cut and some are just thin lines that are about the size and width and length of a single spider's web.
0: Yeah. So it's yeah. it's
1: different for everybody in that sense. So with Taika Waititi, I don't know if you're ever going to get a full like, oh, what are th- what's the branding or what's this? The... The ambiance of a Taika Waititi movie. His difference. His connections are very thin strand webs. Because
0: yeah, um, and with Sam Raimi, because he's been working since literally the eighties. Um, mm-hmm. The when you start watching his stuff, you you get a sense of like, okay, he likes doing these crazy camera movements uh, that you see when he what he does when Spider Man is swinging in the in the Spider Man trilogy, or when you see like kind of the dead-eyed ghosts. Kind of just running through the 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 woods right before they attack Ash and the Evil Dead. Mm. Um, it's yeah, like like you see this stuff with Sam Raimi, and I never thought I would see these flourishes in a Marvel movie. I you know there are some scenes that you're like, this is just the Evil Dead, but it's a whole lot of fun because it's with Marvel characters.
1: Oh, there's a there's there are multiple. I'd say. There are multiple scenes that have that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so. And
1: to be clear, even I, I, and I'm only I, I'm only saying this just to clarify my point of view. I'm not disagreeing with Al uh, that this is in fact an Artoir movie. I agree. This is an extreme Sam Raimi movie. Like it has his stamp all over it, and I do agree that. It is the most recognizable... Auto- You'll connect the director to the movie the easiest out of any of them. I just don't think it's the first to do it. So, because I think Guardians did it before that and then Thor did a little bit of it before that. But I do... I, I, and I am somewhat revising of what we discussed before because we talked after we saw the movie, of course. Mm-hmm. I I originally said that this... Uh, this is the, I'll say this, it is the strongest of the Autour movies, but other Marvel movies dip their toe in it beforehand, but this one mm-hmm. went full in.
0: Uh, you know what? And I would kind of amend our conversation as well. So I will accept any argument that says that if you just close your eyes and listen to the writing in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy and uh, Avengers, the first two Avengers respectively, you're like, Oh, I can totally hear James Gunn, and I can totally hear Josh, Whe- Sweet or Josh, not Josh Wheaton, mm-hmm. and I I'll accept that argument because I, I I do see that right, but I mean kind of on a visual level, this mm-hmm. is the first Marvel movie that just has the director's visual flair. You know? I agree, um, the and you know Sam Raimi's been around long enough that he is people know him for his visual flares. Just like people would know uh, Steven Spielberg for his visual flair, uh,
1: mm-hmm. James
0: Cameron stuff like that, he's at that level. But I I think what was just so surprising was that you you see the colossus that is Marvel Studios, led by Kevin Feige, and even though he says, "Oh, our movies are creator driven,"
1: deep deep down, <laughs> is that really true? Is that really true? Not at all.
0: Yeah. Not, not at all. Yeah, not at all. Or
1: very rarely is the actual. V- sorry, very, 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 very rarely is the actual answer.
0: Yeah. Like, um, we don't. Um, I think Ryan Kugler, like, at least adds a, a, like, Long shot, like in in his movies, is that if I if I remember that correctly?
1: I do not know if that's correct. Like up until uh, and here's and this is also me agreeing with you more. Up until this point, the most director-driven Marvel movie, or the most recent one, was the first Guardians Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. Truly, it was the most director-driven. Some may say Taika Waititi, but that took a little bit of um, ambiance from Guardians a little bit here and there.
0: Yeah. I mean, he was chosen literally because they wanted to add comedy to uh, Ragnarok because they said the script was so dark. And mm. I, I have my complaints about that, but that's for a different type of uh, podcast. Oh, yeah. Um. So, again, like I stated before, we can't really get too much into the story. uh it, like we really can't because again you know spoilers well
1: look i think we can do that in just a moment because i'll keep what i'm going to say pretty brief before spoiling everything is that
0: okay well well let's let's kind of just talk about the story and broad strokes and then let's go into the characters uh let's go into our complaints we would have later on give our give our ratings and then we'll pause a bit for the uh for the spoiler section and then we'll just go knee deep into spoilers how's that sounds good okay so um the story as stated before uh the second trailer actually kind of sets up the story much better than the teaser did the teaser kind of implied that steven strange's actions in uh no way home created uh something terrible happening that leads to multiverse catastrophe mm. and in the second trailer we're introduced to uh america chavez played by choc chilt gomez and uh, you kind of learn that she's kind of the reason why things are happening in the multiverse, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, this isn't a spoiler. Uh, we learn that she is actually a multiversal traveler. She has the ability to travel between universes, and some nefarious uh, some nefarious villain out there wants her for that ability, right? Uh, she ends up uh, in in the MCU universe. Uh, being chased by a giant monster, and Doctor Strange, like, basically goes in and saves her. And he and Wong f- learn that, you know, she's a multiversal traveler and that she's being hunted. So they just they take it upon themselves to protect her. And then the multiverse of madness ensues. That's pretty much all we can go to with the story right now. Um, I'll start off by saying this story, like, and, and again... If, if you, if your only thing going into this movie was that first teaser that came out after Spider-Man No Way Home, you would have been convinced, convinced that this was going to be like a Avengers level cataclysmic uh, 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 status quo changing movie. And you know what? It isn't. It's pretty standalone. It's pretty like self-contained. And I know that's shocking to say because it literally says multiverse in the title. Mm -hmm. But this film is very self-contained. And in my opinion, sometimes to its strengths and sometimes to its uh, disadvantage. Um, And we'll get into the character of America Chavez later. But let's just say that I'm not an expert on America Chavez. I know she's like a a relatively recent addition to the Marvel Universe. Um, As far as I can tell, in the actual comic, she has no powers. Um, as far as I can tell, if I'm wrong, please let me know, uh, her, her whole introversal travel thing. I don't know. I, I guess it's cool looking, I would say. Um, but kind of going back to the story, uh, <sighs> Hmm. How, how, how can I, well, Okay. Would you say the way I describe the story is pretty accurate, see?
1: It is, it, if you're actively trying to not spoil something. And I'm not trying to drag us back there. I'm just like, okay. I don't know what else you can okay. say. That's okay. my problem.
0: So, so, okay, so I, I think the story is incredibly self-contained. Um, I don't think the, the story works in play or doing something with the Doctor Strange character. Um, I think it tries to, but it doesn't really go... I I, I think it's trying to find...
1: Can I I add one thing? I'm so sorry. Yeah. So, the movie is trying to convince you that America... Is her name America Chavez? Yeah. That the character America Chavez is the driving force of this movie. And then through its actions reveals that there's a different driving force in this movie
0: did did you did you like that or did that bother you
1: so it bothered me that the movie was still pretending that America Chavez was the driving force but i liked what was the driving force does that make
0: sense oh it, that 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 is a great way to put it see an amazing way to put it that that was something that bothered me about the st- the story was that it was like like you said it's it's trying to convince you oh America Chavez, she's the heart of the of the film, and it's like... No, you she's watch not. It, and you go like, no, she's not. And, he, and here's another thing that's frustrating about it. The film is also... The, the film blatantly makes no attempt to try to make this about Stephen Strange, about Doctor Strange, <laughs> even though <laughs> it's his movie, right?
1: It's, it's in his perspective, but it's not really about him.
0: Yeah, and, and that's the frustrating thing about the story because, like... Early on, you catch these threads of like, oh, Doctor Strange, the regrets he feels over, over his a relationship with Christine Palmer, who is we played. get a
1: combined fifteen minutes of of, of inward reflection, whether active or inactive, with Doctor Strange, and that's it.
0: Yeah, yeah, and so uh, I I think it's not a spoiler to say that his love interest is a, uh, Rachel McAdams, uh, Doctor Christine Palmer, right. Yes, that's and, not that we knew that. Yeah. Uh but um and the film is trying trying to kind of is trying to make the attempt to do a study on their relationship, a character study on their relationship, but it's so surface level and just like so rote that I was kind of annoyed. I kind of thought to myself like, this is a Doctor Strange movie. Why the fuck is why the fuck does the movie not seem to care about Doctor Strange, right? Yeah. And uh, th- that that kind of thematic indifference towards its protagonist, you know, I I mean this movie, you, you know what, See I think you'll agree. If this movie had a different superhero name on the title <laughs> we would we, we would be saying that, wow, this was a really good insert superhero movie or superhero name movie. Right, yeah. we'd be like, we oh, said, this is
1: this is a really good one. This is yeah. really
0: well done, and this is a good like follow up to this other Marvel project that the superhero was in." Right? It'd be like how in
1: um, the first of the news of the of the spy- the latest Spider-Man trilogy, uh, it was focused on Spider-Man and Iron Man was kind of there. Yeah, Except the problem is it's that Doctor Strange is just kind of there, but he's yeah, he's the dude, main character. Dude, it's really yes, weird.
0: yes. Stephen Strange in this movie, his own movie, feels like... <laughs> He's a guest Iron- in his own movie. Yeah, feels like how Iron Man was kind of a guest in uh, Spider-Man Homecoming. And it's just shocking because, you know, listen, I'm not a Sherlock fanboy. I'm not, you know, uh, uh, what what are they called? Uh, Cumberbitch? <laughs> You're, uh, Cumberbitches, yeah. You're yeah, not I'm a Cumberbitch. Not, I'm not a Cumberbitch. But I do think Benedict Cumberbatch is a, is a good actor. I've seen him do very very good performances and it's just a shame that he uh he yeah he's a guest star in his own movie uh, and and you're left thinking to yourself well i i get what this character went through i get what this character went through <laughs> <laughs>
1: i just like what you're building to here go on i'm, I'm and, just laughing in the background and, <laughs>
0: There's a, there's a moment where, 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 and, and again, this isn't a spoiler, but it's pretty apparent that, that uh, Dr. Strange meets with alternate versions of himself.
1: Yes, that's true. There's a,
0: there's a, there's a scene where he's talking with an alternate version of himself and they talk about something from his past. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I don't know, maybe you should, maybe you should build on that. Like, this even the, a little bit. This is the first I've ever heard about this This past, or this, this no, kind Al, of traumatic... No, yeah. if the movie opened on
1: that uh, scene, what, uh, what he was describing to the alternate version of him, if it opened with that and then somehow shattered that through to the adventure that was then the next opening scene it would be really interesting because it would talk about a later subject about dreams in this movie Dude. and you could
0: excuse the reason why it's brought up later that would have been so much better yeah so in this movie proper it there's they bring up something from traumatic from doctor strange's past that's really interesting right yeah and they just use it just to be like, hey, how do I know you're the alternate version of me?
1: Yeah, that's all they, they use it for, like, a quick fix in the plot when it's like, no, you could have really done something with this.
0: Yeah, it, it the the story, like, again, this this story is basically like, like, oh, we're about Doctor Strange and the madness in the multiverse? Uh, nah, not really. Like, obviously, at the end of the film, Doctor Strange does go through a big change. But yes he just, does but it's just so like like it feels just so kind of in- inconsequential right mm-hmm. and, and and i felt a little confused so something a, a big big thing that bothered me about multiverse of madness was that the rules in regards to magic and in regards to multiversal travel like they, they established some rules right yeah. um a big one is that and again this isn't a spoiler a big one is that when you dream, you're actually kind of looking into alternate universal universe versions of yourself, which is interesting.
1: That is an interesting idea.
0: Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, they're, they're at least consistent with that somewhat. Mm. Um, but then when it comes to magic or, or magical MacGuffins, mm-hmm. they establish some rules like, oh, this type of magic is a mirror image to this type of magic. This type of magic create creates these consequences. This type of magic creates these benefits. And you're like, okay, I guess that makes sense. And you know what by- they, you know what they do that will go on. I'm so sorry. Go on. Uh, and then by the third act, they're like rules. We don't care about rules.
1: No, but Al, you know what they do? What? They actually do something. I real. I'm thinking about it now. And I'm sure there's a case where what I'm about to say does not apply Mm-hmm. They use the rules of the multiverse to break the rules of magic and then they use the rules of magic to break the rules of the multiverse.
0: Yes. See, yes, that is exactly it. And And so
1: they the movie I think knowingly does this and it's like that's how we get away with it. It's like no, but no
0: because now I'm confused. No, no, you're you're left very very confused. Like again, uh Doctor Strange goes through a change not not in a, a thematic or emotional character driven change he, he's like well i need to do this and now i'm kind of stuck with this right and here's the thing it just feels so like the movie goes like oh this is a big deal but it just feels so inconsequential like oh for god's sakes like like towards the end of the movie we're like oh my gosh this is a big deal and then like later on you're like well he's not treating it like a big deal anymore even though the movie's like, isn't this a big deal? And it's like, well, one of the, one of the credits. But that you thing showed... over, th- but that thing over in the corner is a much bigger
1: deal. That's yeah,
0: it it's 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 really frustrating. It, it really really is. This, uh, yeah, no, t- talking to you like, and uh, we, we 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 never did a, we didn't start our podcast, but if we did, I would have said that that the story was kind of my biggest problem with Spider-Man No Way Home,
2: mm-hmm.
0: was that. Like And again, if you've seen it, it's basically Spider-Man asks Doctor Strange to cast a spell. And oh my gosh, the Sony Spider-Men are here. That's fanfic level bullshit.
2: Yeah,
0: but you love every minute of it. No, you love every minute of it because the character work is amazing. Mm -hmm. Like that's what happens when you have villains played by giants such as uh, Willem Dafoe. uh, 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 Oh God, I'm not blanking on his name. Um, You are though. Doc, Dr. Octopus pay, played by.
1: Oh my God, Al. You should be well, ashamed of yourself.
0: You say his name.
1: No, I don't know it, but you, ah! you know it. Ah. You know it. You know you should. You know, you know you're supposed to know it. Uh,
0: uh, 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 God, how am I blanking on this thing? I'm so embarrassed. Um, uh, do Alfred Molina. There we go. There Alfred we go. Molina and, uh. Then you have uh, then you have Rise of Fans as uh, the Lizard, uh, Jamie Foxx as uh, Electro and uh, Thomas Hayden Church as uh, Sandman. So Mm -hmm. those those are amazing character actors who make amazing character work, even though the plot's really bullshit. Mm
2: -hmm. Um,
0: And here's the thing. this plot is kind of bullshit, especially in regards to Doctor Strange. But in the spoilers, we'll talk about the things we did like about the plot. Because there's mm-hmm. stuff to like. Now, uh, so see, was there, is there anything you want to add about the story?
1: Um, so, to summarize what... I'll summarize what you've said and then add my own thoughts like sprinkles or jimmies on top. Mm-hmm. Yes, folks, I said jimmies. Any fans out there, which we doubt at this point... That know what that know that I know where you're from
0: mm-hmm. um,
1: god that sounds creeper than I meant it to be Jesus <laughs> so to summarize one thing al had said it's that this is the first superhero horror movie or rather sorry I'm wrong it's the second it's the first enjoyable no, no it's the, technically it's the second superhero horror movie ever made, but it's really the first one that anyone cares about because new mutants came out first and was delayed three years and then eventually came out anyways, but no one cares about that one. This is the first Marvel cinematic universe horror movie. And for all intents and purposes, it's really the first two. Cause as I said, it's the
0: only one people care about. Here's the thing though, as it, it that's totally due to Sam Raimi's direction Yes. Um like like we stated earlier, this really does feel like there are there are actual shots straight
1: out of Evil Dead, the original, not the remake.
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly. And you know, it's while I do have my my complaints about the plot, the actual like uh uh the, the actual kind of like uh, sequences uh, the horror sequences you see in are this, great. They're really well done. They're, they're really well done. And, and Sam Raimi, to his credit, he knows that he's working within the parameters of PG 13. So, you know, when he can't go super scary, instead he goes like comedic scare, like, like a little jump scare. That's meant to like, <laughs> that's that's kind of fun. You know, yeah. kind of make you jump a little bit, but then laugh immediately after. There's
1: a little bit of a haunted house vibe with some of the scares, but with less, like with less, uh, Silicone. I don't know why that's the only word I can think of. Less but there's fake a sli- blood. Less fake blood. Um, that's the word, yeah, less fake blood. But there's a bit of a haunted house vibe. But also, credit to the multiple actors involved in the horror sequence, the quote-unquote horror sequences, for nailing the performances. And we'll get into that in more detail later on mm-hmm. uh, with the spoiler section of this review. But this is truly the first good uh, horror uh marvel movie marvel horror movie yeah and um, it's
0: just yeah go ahead sorry
1: um but it just amazes me at how we have what both what the teaser tried to convince us of what the movie was then what the first trailer tried to convince us of the movie was then what the movie wanted us to was trying to convince us of what it was, then finally what the movie actually, deep down, was, mm-hmm. and they're all different. It's all yeah. different all the way, and yeah. that's what makes. So that's why I was also. I wasn't confused by the plot. I understood what was happening, but I really was emotionally confused, and that's what upset me. I wasn't, as we, as Al said earlier, uh, you know, you're not sure who the, you're really not sure whose movie this is, so therefore, you're not sure who you're supposed to care about. Mm
0: -hmm. Like,
1: really, and and that gets a little emotionally confusing or just frustrating outright. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Any other thoughts I could have would really be me talking about hyper-specific things that have happened, but one thing I will say is this movie is really weird with its MacGuffins, and I say MacGuffins plural, and we'll get into that, because there's one MacGuffin at the beginning, but then it's like the movie then just doesn't give a shit for a while on it, and then sort of just puts it away, puts that MacGuffin away, and then has another MacGuffin, it somewhere at some other point in the movie too, like mm. that was introduced while they were dealing with the current MacGuffin. So it's like a multi MacGuffin layered. It's like an Inception. It's like Inception, but if each layer were MacGuffins.
0: That that's the great. That's a best. An amazing way to put it. See, really really couldn't have said it better myself. Um, okay. So let's talk about the characters then. All right. So Doctor Strange, I, I've kind of said my piece about Doctor Strange earlier when when ranting about the story. You know, the the film really isn't about him in any meaningful sense. I mean, and it's like, well, this the movie is gonna kinda be an introspection on this. Element of his life, you know, uh, his love life, but it's so shallow and rote that you can pretty much like ignore it. You're like, oh, okay, that. All right, whatever. Um, Elizabeth Olsen as Wanda. Without going too deep into it, I'm just going to straight up say it. She's the best part of the film.
1: Yes, without a doubt. That's. Like, I just I will not add anything other than a repeat of yes, without a doubt
0: the best part of the film. Um, She works with the material. She adds on the material she was given in WandaVision and just knocks it out of the park. Um, Elizabeth Olsen really, like, is so comfortable making indie films, making, you know, character dramas, and then just being so comfortable working in genres such as superhero uh, and then other genres like horror. And she's just she's so good at this. She really is like, oh, yeah. Like this is this is an actress that will one day very soon be winning Oscars like the way Meryl Streep does. Oh, yeah. No, she's she's on
1: the rise and she's also done something very smart because of her her work with some, with WandaVision, she can now kind of do the TV film hybrid kind of thing where she occasionally goes back and does some TV or rather streaming stuff. Like she gets to do that.
0: Yeah. But she, she's the strongest part of this film. She is, she's an amazing talent and there's not much else to say uh, right now. Now, uh, and it's so crazy that he's third build. Chuel Ejiofor as Baron Mordor. Uh, He's fine. <laughs> yeah. He's fine. Because if you, if, for those
1: of you who don't remember, the first movie really set him up to be the villain, like for the next movie, but because it had been how many years since the first movie? Uh, six. So, because it had been uh six long years and a lot of things had both changed, in our actual world and also the world of the Marvel Universe and a number of other factors too, they realized well, we can't just go back to doing that now that we've we've introduced the multiverse. Because you can tell they intended to make this the original sequel to Doctor Strange way earlier than they ended up actually finally doing it.
0: All right, you want to know my uh conspiracy theory, C? What? Here's my conspiracy theory. Mm-hmm. That the only reason Legia G4 is in this movie yep. is because they needed to have Baron Mordo in the trailer in order to, you know, make set up the expectations of what people should be expecting out of this movie. But, you know, like like C said, the whole subplot about him killing all the remaining sorcerers in the world, that's that's not really that, that, first of all, it's, that's never, not a, first of, it's never once brought up. It, well, I mean, this, this is actually kind of funny. Doctor Strange makes passing reference of like, oh, Baron Mordo went crazy and wants to kill me. But other than that, you know. So do they, they imply that it's
1: an adventure we haven't seen, that we didn't see it happen?
0: I don't know. It could go either way. It could be you could take it as, oh, this is an adventure we didn't see. Or it could be like something that like, oh, I heard he's doing this now. But mm. the whole subplot of Baron Mordo killing the sorcerers—that's not a thing in this movie. That's not happening mm-hmm. in this movie. Um, so what Chuelo Edgiofor is there for, uh, we'll get into later. But he, he does fine. You know, he's—he, you know, yeah, he's true. not the weakest part of this film. It. The thing is, is that Chuel- Chuelo Chuelo
1: he will never be the weakest part of any kind of movie because he genuinely is just that good of an actor. Like yeah, he knows. Exactly. He's one of those actors that knows even if he's in a bad movie, which he recently was in a really bad HBO Max movie uh, about COVID and all this other stuff. Oh the one stuff. with Anne Hathaway? Yes. Um, was it Anne Hathaway? Yes, it was Anne Hathaway. So that one literally it's I never saw it, but it didn't look good and I later heard it wasn't good, but everyone no one had Everyone said something bad about almost every aspect of the movie in like the one and a half reviews I read, but neither one of them, again, not one and a half, uh, mentioned anything bad about Twiddle Ejiofor because he knows how to make himself either good, great, or, or passable in a movie of any level. So mm-hmm. he knows he always knows the exact he's very measured in what he gives mm-hmm. in performances. Mm-hmm. He either knows I have to give it my all like he did in 12 Years a Slave or I have to be reserved like I am honestly in this movie. Yeah. So he, but he's yeah. incredibly talented at just knowing the incremental levels he needs to give or stave off. And mm-hmm. in this one, he staved, he staved off some of those levels, but he's by no means bad.
0: Yeah, exactly. Now. Benedict Wong as Wong. I love that his last name's Wong and that his character's name is just Wong. So, uh, like I stated earlier in this review, Wong has basically become the new Phil Coulson of the MCU. And <laughs> l- listen, I've seen Benedict Wong in a couple of things here and there. Well, okay. Well, actually, no. L- let me rewind. So, uh, see, you probably weren't paying attention, but I was.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Benedict Wong got ripped for this movie. So in the so obviously in the uh because he was such a last minute addition to uh the cast in the first Doctor Strange, you know, he looks like like Benedict Wong, right? But in this film, he's 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 packing. He's packing. You I know, just wanna got, point he's got, out he's got that he's got big muscles now.
1: I have to add, and I know I've been saying the Yeah, drink take a drink, take a shot every time I say the words I just wanna point out or Something because like <laughs> you're drunk at this point. I get that, but I just want to point out for for things I'm not going to overtly state, at least in this episode. I love that you, Al, noticed that he was packing and I didn't notice. That's all I'll say.
0: <laughs> um, keep so,
1: keep listening to more
0: episodes to find out why that's funny. So. So he's he's pretty shredded. Or not maybe not shredded, but he's definitely got more of that MCU body that we expect from our superheroes.
2: Yeah.
0: And you know what? He's always fun. He 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 was fun in Shang-Chi. He was he was fun in uh in the little bit he was in in uh No Way Home.
2: Mm.
0: Wong is just a fun little character, you know. Um obviously this is not the Deepest or or most introspective character that Benedict Wong has played or will play, or who knows that might change. Maybe Wong gets his own uh, Disney Plus TV so show. So far,
1: the most. I, I don't even want to say introspective, but so far the most complicated performance I've seen him I've seen him do is in a is in a really independent a really indie film called Nine Days. Oh but yeah. I He's could be wrong. In nine
0: days. He's really, oh, really yeah. good in nine days. And he
1: uses doesn't isn't that one of the first movies where he uses his real accent in nine yes. days? Yes.
0: So people, for those that don't know, Benedict Wong is from Manchester and <laughs> when he talks as an actual accent, you're like, Holy cow, you're definitely from Manchester. Yeah. <laughs> and the film Nine Days is one of
1: the Only examples that I know of where he actually uses that. Although he might use it... Does he use it in that episode of Black Mirror he's in?
0: I I haven't seen it, so I wouldn't know. I'm sorry.
1: I I couldn't remember. But he definitely uses it in a film called Nine Days, which Al and I have different views on that movie. If you want to see what the indie world is up to, it's actually worth seeing, but that's a different thing.
0: Yeah. So, but kind of back to to the character of Wong, you know, he's... I make no bones about it—he's actually probably in the film much more than Baron Mordo is. And every time he's on screen, he's always doing something interesting, something where you're like, "Oh, okay, I like—I like watching this guy." Um, and again, that's owed to the fact that because I, I would—I would—I hmm, would not be surprised if someone told me that Benedict Wong basically has carte blanche on what to do with the character of Wong, because you know, in in the actual comic books, he's pretty much just like a. He's 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 basically just kind of a very bland butler who who's a Shaolin monk, but in this one you know and he's, he's a bit of
1: a stereotype and from what you told me right he's a bit oh of a yeah. stereotype
0: oh yeah definitely oh, okay. but but you know in the MCU he's this snarky guy who who likes giving shit to uh, Doctor Strange um, oh and and again this isn't a spoiler uh, because Doctor Strange was was uh uh, dusted in uh, avengers infinity war uh wong became the new sorcerer supreme so there's Mm -hmm. this little running joke where wong loves chiding to dr strange that like i'm the sorcerer supreme Mm -hmm. and it's 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 a lot of fun it's again wong is a fun character all right uh gomez as america chavez america chavez hmm i i we kind of touched on her a little bit uh, me and C. Mm-hmm. Let's C and I. Are you seriously correcting me? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, this is gonna be our longest episode too. So, our longest <laughs> film review too. So, hey, let's just let's just wait. Is around. it has
1: it wait has it broken either parts of the
0: Oscar episodes yet? Uh, it, like them separately, yes. Um, oh, damn. But um, not not the whole thing together. But kind of going back to America Chavez. She's a walking MacGuffin. Yeah. She's a walking MacGuffin. And credit to the actress, uh, Chokshitil Gomez. Um, Apologies for any mispronunciations. My nut wall is not good. So uh, I apologize. So we're just going to call her the actress who plays America Chavez. Oh, my Um, God. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, like seriously, my, my no, yeah, nut yeah, wall no. is not good. Like, and my I, I, nut wall is not existent, so. So so yeah, I choke. She'd still go back. anyway, we're 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 trying we're not making fun of you, ma'am. You're you're actually for the shallow role you were given, and this is her her first ever movie, right? Mm-hmm. And I do not blame her. And her parents, and her agents, and her managers for jumping at the chance of being in a Marvel movie, and
1: pretty. I much, blame no one for that.
0: Yeah, pr- pretty much. She's the she really is the third bill behind mm-hmm. uh, uh, Doctor Strange and uh, Scarlet Witch. Mm-hmm. Um, but the character itself, it's literally just a walking McGuffin. They tried to give her an arc of like, I need to learn how to control my powers, mm-hmm. but it, again, it's it's so like such a non-existent thing like throughout the whole movie she's like i don't know how to make uh, portals into other universes they just happen when i get scared to like like dr strange basically pulls a whole like i believe in the me that believes in you and that's it that that's literally any (laughs) scenes that involve and obviously we look into her past a little bit but those those three scenes are literally all the character scenes uh the character of america chavez gets to do um, so for everything else, it, this poor actress pretty much has to bring life to just this, again, this MacGuffin character. And she
1: does bring life to it. We will give her that. You, She brings life to it fully. Yeah.
0: It's just there are limitations to what she can do, with yeah. it,
1: what anyone can do with that America kind of
0: Chavez role. is not a real character in this movie. She's not. Um, you do not get to make a real character by just giving them three character scenes. You need more than that. Yeah. But this actress with what little she's given, she creates... Listen, I'm not going to sit here and say she creates a memorable character or a highlight of this film. But again, for a first-timer in a big Hollywood blockbuster, this could have very easily devolved to like, oh, America Chavez was the absolute worst part of this film. And you know, some more cynical reviewers and watchers of Marvel movies would probably say that she was one of the worst parts of this movie. I don't think so. I I say... I say that is a testament to her potential as an actress mm-hmm. and as a potential star that she is definitely not the weakest part of this film. No,
1: she's not. And and it's through her ability alone that she made that happen.
0: Yeah, through as her an act- actress. Yeah, through her acting ability alone. Um, I would I would not mind watching the further adventures of America Chavez um, as long as they they actually tell a story. And we mm-hmm. could see what this actress really can do with the character.
1: Agreed. Um,
0: but in this, like, no. I, I think the most you're going to be like is like, oh, she wasn't. Because, you know, a lot of times with this tag-along kid characters, uh, you're always like, oh, they were always the worst part of this movie. And that's true for the most part. But in this, she's not. She's She, she does a really good job of not being the dead weight of this film. Um, and uh, Rachel McAdams as Dr. Christine Palmer. You know, I really want to act, ask uh, actresses and their managers and their agents, like, like, what compels you to sign on to a superhero movie where you're just going to be the love interest?
1: The money. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, outside of the money.
1: Well, like, like okay, so let me, let me, add, let, let's talk about it. Like, why? Because let, let's be clear. Not all love interests in superhero movies, not even just Marvel.
0: Not all superhero love interests were written equally. Is all I'll say. No. Yeah. At at the best, you get. Um, well, what would I consider the best?
1: Oh, I've got the best. The best one is um, is um, oh my God! Hold on! Hold on! Hold on! Um, Maggie Gyllenhaal in The Dark Knight. That's
0: the okay. best. Okay, so that's literally where my brain went first, but I wanted to think to myself, like, no, there must be something better. Or, <laughs> oh no, uh, don't
1: don't okay, no, but no, okay, okay,
0: okay. You know what? I, I would. Well, okay, I, I'm gonna. I was about to say like Gwyneth Paltrow in the first Iron Man, but now I. I no, wanna, we we I, shouldn't. We're not gonna. Okay, say okay. That. It's Maggie. I'm it's not Maggie saying Jillian that. Hall. It's Maggie Gyllenhaal in The Dark Knight. You're right. Yeah,
1: she's she is the best love interest. As a as a singular character, I, that's not necessarily the most memorable. I think for me the most memorable is uh, Kirsten Dunst in the first three Spider Man movies. That's but that's because I was a child and teenager at the time.
0: But the most, um, I you know what? See, I agree with you. The most memorable is definitely Kirsten Dunst in um in the Spider Man trilogy. The most like the best in regards to like. Best written. Best written was probably uh, Rachel Dawes in The Dark Knight, Um, played by Maggie
1: Gyllenhaal.
0: Played by Maggie Gyllenhaal, and I would say recently, probably the the most fun maybe was probably uh, Lupita Nyong'o's character in uh, Black Panther, because she she actually gets to like kick ass, Mm, you know. That's true. Um, but yeah, Marvel movies or Marvel Studios movies aren't known for their Fun, you know, love interests, characters. characters, and but Christine Palmer is like really, really vanilla.
1: And here's the thing Christine Palmer is a very, very talented actress as
0: well. Uh, no, you no, got- uh, Rachel McAdams oh, is the Jesus. actress. Sorry, I'm sorry, <laughs> uh, Christine Palmer's the character.
1: <laughs> sorry, sorry, <laughs> Jesus, you're right, Jesus, I really did a 180 there, Rachel McAdams is a very talented actress go see game night folks that's all I'll say but she this character this love interest character even in the first one and it's reinforced in this one is just very potato so
0: yeah so they use the multiverse to try to to try to bring up alternate versions of Christine Palmer mm-hmm. and still though very vanilla and again, Rachel McAdams has the thankless job of being the character that's supposedly doing, doing character work with Dr. Strange to build upon his character. <laughs> yeah. And like we stated earlier, it's so non-existent that, you know, you're like, you're like, wait, so this movie was supposed to be about his regrets about his relationship with Christine. Really? By the uh, way, I
1: just want to point out and again, take another sip. Um, my, the reason why I s- said Christine, I compared Christine to a potato is because a potato could technically cause a spark because you can power a clock with it. So <laughs> I wanted to expand my reasoning. That was not a comment on any, any other um, connection or correlation to a potato is not there. I'm simply saying that a potato can technically cause a spark because you can get a working clock out of it. So because of that, you have to say that technically this character could cause a spark.
0: Yeah, it's again like I think Rachel McAdams is a very talented actress. Honestly, if, if I'm being honest with you, the moment they said, Hey, do you want to play Dr. Christine Palmer? she should have said, like, No, I want to be Captain Marvel. <laughs>
2: um,
0: and <laughs> she uh, should have that, 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 that might show my biases against uh, against uh, Brie Larson, but um, I yeah, no, Christine, the Christine Palmer character. Even with the multiverse flair they add to her, it's, and again, it's not, a big problem is that she's not a real character, and what she's there to do thematically is just so non-existent, Yeah. where at the end of the movie, like, if the movie had said, so the point of this movie is to talk about Stephen Strange and his regrets about his romance, I'd be like, what, really? Where? Where, where, <laughs> like, like, well, these, 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 there's like a scene very early in the film, right, mm-hmm. uh, where he's like at a wedding, and then there's a scene like, like right before the third act starts off, and then a scene right after the climax ends, and you're like, guys, three scenes that just talk about something do not a subplot make
1: no it doesn't and here's the, like i think marvel thinks that i think marvel has decided
0: well minimum 3 scenes and then it's established it's like no it's not uh, here's the thing it's not even 3 full scenes they literally talk about something in a scene so literally so i can honestly say that the the subplot of, of the romance between palmer and strange there's like a scene in the fir- early on in the movie dedicated to it right yeah and then in two other scenes, one right before the climax and one right after, they literally just talk maybe a total of, like, what, five lines each about it? Yeah. And they go, like, oh, that's the subplot. Like, no. Oh, and then there's
1: when when um, America Chavez, when we learn her backstory, we get a
0: touch of that regret again. Okay. Well. Okay. And you know what? That was, like, maybe another three lines and, no, a, and, that was- and a pseudo flashback. That was a cough
1: in the theater. That's how long that was. When you hear somebody cough and you register what you just heard, that's how long that was. You would yes. miss it. If yes, yes. If someone coughed in that movie yes. in the theater, we would have missed that.
0: Yes. Oh, my God, yes. It's just, uh, listen, Michael Waldron, uh, this guy, uh, the writer, the credited writer. So he started off, I believe, as a staff writer for uh, Rick and Morty. Then he was the showrunner on Loki. I I'm not surprised Marvel hired him, especially after seeing his work in Loki to to uh, write this script. Mm -hmm. But I just have so many like. Like, like, listen, if you worked on Rick and Morty, odds are you can probably come up with crazy like sequences and scenes to get a point across. Right. Yeah. But I, I feel like really and truly Marvel Studios and Disney just went up to him and said, like, like. These are the things you can do. These are the things. These are the things you have to put in this movie. Yeah, and there were probably like nine things he had to put in this movie. And then he goes like, "Well, where am I going to put the character work? Ah, oh, one line of dialogue is fine. Yeah, two is well, fine. Yeah, cu- a couple here, or
1: not even that. They just said figure it out. And then he did, and they're like, like, it's too long.' So he had to. You could. He had to shave it down, shave the hell out of it. Mm-hmm. And that's what we ended up with.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's. It's just. Uh, I don't know. I. I I really worry on a on a like here's the thing, in the first three phases of of the MCU, all the films had a very clear idea of where they were going, where they needed to go, in order to end up with the climax of Thanos ver- versus a bunch of superheroes. Mm-hmm. And like ever since then, see, I don't know if you'd agree with this. Do you feel like the the storytelling level has just gone down significantly? <laughs> Here's Okay, here's what I think. I
1: think we have reached a new era in Marvel. Now, I understand that there have been more than one or two or three.
0: How many phases have there been,
1: Al? Uh,
0: we're in phase five? Are, are we in phase five or phase four? We're in phase five. We're not. We've passed four. Okay, no. Phase three was... Wait.
1: Remember the amount of okay. Think of the amount of the Avengers movies and then. Oh uh,
0: well. wait. No, that's it, not true.
1: That's not true anymore. Wait.
0: Well, I, we're either in four or five. Who who cares?
1: Okay.
0: Um, we don't. We don't care, folks. Um, um, again, it's just. But my point. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Go my, ahead. Go ahead. My point is,
1: is that after, and this is the this is the after. Uh. Hold on. After endgame phase, where it's, or era, after endgame era, where now they can do kind of whatever they want, because they can combine all the different superheroes they want and give them crazy put crazy combinations in different movies and create a plot out of it. Or they can even they can try to borrow things from other comic lines, but they can finally start really like, we're getting less and less of the single superhero movie. Now it's so-and-so and and friends or just the friends or a a combination of a a mix of a bunch of different superheroes but it's not an avengers movie because the villain isn't that big we're getting to that point of this and that's making things more complicated so i think they're just having i think they're accidentally creating more strands than they intend and they're good or more branch more uh roots than they intend and unfortunately al they're gonna have to do a little bit of pruning
0: yeah Yeah, no, I totally and it's going to be painful
1: for some people because they're like, you chose to you chose to cut that part, and that's going to upset some people.
0: Yeah, kind of kind of an observation I want to make, kind of kind of steering away from multiverse of madness for a bit. Yeah, Um, there is still good character work being done in some of these Marvel movies. Um, I think No Way Home is still kind of the highlight of whatever godforsaken phase we are in right now. (laughs) Um, And make no mistake. There is good character work in this film as well, just not how you would think it would be. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but, and listen, the the Disney Plus shows aren't by any chance like flawless gems. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the Falcon, and the Winter Soldier is not that great. Uh, the the Wandavision, which oh note, um, this how would I put this, like it. WandaVision. I mean, if you have Disney Plus, you should watch it. Um, but mm-hmm. there are other reasons you should probably watch it too, um, mm-hmm. and we'll get into that later. Yeah. Uh, WandaVision was great up until they had to kind of go back to being a Marvel story. Yeah. For the um, first
1: seven episodes, WandaVision is one of the best. Is for the first seven episodes, it's the best streaming Marvel show on Disney Plus. Yeah.
0: Loki. Loki is the all-around most consistent one. Yeah. Um, and consistently good one. Yes. Yeah. Loki does a good balance of, of, of telling a plot that somewhat makes sense and also being a good character study on Loki. Although people are now saying Moon Knight is now the best one. Okay. So I I was going to get into that. Um, Hawkeye, Hawkeye also is like, also not as good as Loki, but like literally maybe half a step below it. Um, in terms of character and uh, storytelling. Mm-hmm. Um, the, only, the only problem I had with Hawkeye was that sometimes uh, Clint Barton took a backseat to Kate Bishop, sometimes. Whereas, mm-hmm. look, he's always front and center in his own series. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, let's see, am I missing anything else? Any other before Moon Knight? Um, I mean, there was What If, there
1: was uh, WandaVision, which I said. there was Hawkeye and The Winter Soldier, which you said. Uh... And then, or not Hawkeye and the Winter Soldier. Jesus, Falcon and the <laughs> Winter Soldier. And then Hawkeye. Um,
0: I think that's it. Okay, Okay. that, that really is it. Um, and Moon Knight. So Moon Knight, the, the plot's not flawless. It's not. I, it, it's, it doesn't beat uh, Loki and Hawkeye in that regard. But the character work led by Oscar Isaac in regards to the character of March Spectre is incredible it's it's very 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 good and honestly the only reason it's able to be that good is because while the plot's not that great like they needed more than two hours to be able to at least tell a coherent plot and create decent character work for the the character of 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 these marvel characters right Mm. And that's kind of my fear after leaving this film was that, you know, you have three prominent characters in this Wanda, Dr. Strange and America Chavez. And in two and a half hours, really and truly only one of those characters was like, Oh wow. Amazing. And that's kind of my fear is that now, because like you said, there's so many roots, so many branches that these films have to cover now. That the character work's going to suffer because of it. And or we'll at
1: least get uneven character work in a yeah, movie.
0: You'll get uneven character work and you'll leave going like, well, they did this character really well, but this one was like, what? And my criticism for this film is that, listen, if you're going to call a film Doctor Strange, you would at least want to say that everybody goes saying like, wow, that was a great Doctor Strange movie. But, ladies and gentlemen, I guarantee you, people are not going to walk out saying they're, they're going to walk out saying this is a fill in the blank great movie. But they're not going to be like this is a great Doctor Strange movie. Um, so, before we go into spoilers, let's talk about our our rate, our ratings. So, uh, C, what do you give it?
1: I give it a movie.
0: A movie?
1: Yeah, it's Standard. a
0: movie. It's a movie.
1: It's it has highs. It has. Here's the thing: the movie uh, overall it has these. Really interesting highs and these really concerning and these really confusing lows, but they balance them themselves out just enough just enough to make it a movie
2: mm-hmm.
1: now, what is this movie worth seeing in theaters? No, it's actually not, and I know that may sound may sound shocking for a Marvel movie because that may be the only reason why you want to see it, but honestly the the visuals that we get are nothing we haven't seen before for the most part. Okay. Yeah, because we've and all seen
0: Evil Dead. <laughs> we've all seen
1: or if you've seen a if you've seen a couple Marvel movies and a couple horror movies, you've you've seen everything this movie's gonna do, and you don't necessarily because of that, because of its other flaws that this movie has, you don't have to see this in theaters. But because of this movie's strengths, which we really can't get into just yet, very soon though We, it's a movie that you don't have to see in theaters.
0: Okay. So um, I'm kind of right there with you, see, this is just a movie, but I will add like a modifier to it. But this doesn't change the level of my rating to like higher than yours. This is a Sam Raimi movie. Mm -hmm. Um, And what I mean by that is that basically take everything C said and add it to my rating. With this noticeable modifier. But, if you are a diehard Sam Raimi fan, you have all three of his uh, Deadite Trilogy posters in your bedroom. And you quote uh, The Evil Dead Part 2 incessantly. And you were one of the few people who actually saw The Evil Dead TV show. And you have a signed uh, Evil Dead VHS by Bruce Campbell. Um, then, yeah, you're going to want to watch this in theaters because Sam Raimi is pretty much your uh, your reason for living. <laughs> mm. um, I am not a giant Sam Raimi fan. I appreciate what he's done in regards to the horror and superhero genres. Um, I was pleasantly surprised at how much this giant Marvel movie was, was like without question a movie that Sam Raimi directed there is a set piece at the climax where you get like and it happens very fast but you get like the 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 film speed up crank of of something coming out of the ground
2: <laughs>
0: and you know i i thought to myself man if i'm a giant evil dead fan if i if i like was one of the If I watched, like, Drag Me to Hell a hundred times when I was in high school, this is a movie I would need to see in theaters. But I am not a giant Sam Raimi fan. I'm not. And I totally agree with C. Uh, Because of the film's very self-contained nature, you do not need to see this in theaters in order to be like, okay, where's the big steps that the MCU is going now? Um, No, no. It's not really doing that. This film's... The, the 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 marketing for this film sold it as oh the a big status quo changing movie for the MCU it's not it's really not and we'll we're gonna get into it very soon. Um but yeah this is a just a Sam Raimi movie. And if you're a Sam Raimi fan, knock yourself out seeing this in theaters. But if you're not, you can wait for this to come out on uh Disney Plus and you'll you'll have a good time in your in your living room, you know, with your a 7.1 surround sound, you know, your <laughs> 4K HDR TVs. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's pretty much all I have to add to that. So yeah. All right. So this is explicitly our spoiler section of the review. So we gave you our rating. Now we're going to go into deep, deep spoilers. We're basically going to spoil the whole movie.
1: Yeah. Nothing. It's so spoiler alert.
0: Yeah. Spoiler. All right. So. Uh, after uh, Doctor Strange saves, um, okay, actually no, let's go, let's go further back. So the prologue of this film is we see an alternate universe version of uh, Doctor Strange taking this girl in some sort of weird multiversal uh, area, being chased by a big evil monster. Right. It's the, It's later confirmed that this is the
1: space between the universes, which we saw. I think we saw this general area in the Loki TV show.
0: Yeah, yeah, we, we kind of did. Um, so he tries to fight the monster. The monster mortally wounds him. And he tries to take away America Chavez's uh, power of being able to travel through the universes. Um and you're like, okay, I, I get. Wait, so we can just steal powers now? Okay. We, we never get a clear explanation how that works, but apparently, magic people can steal other people's powers. Mm. Um, then the but she it would it
1: would kill them in the process.
0: Yeah, but she freaks she freaks the fuck out and she opens a portal to the Marvel universe. And uh, he he realizes that he's gonna he's gonna be dead before he can finish the spell. So he throws her into the MCU. She ends up in our universe and um, she ends up in our universe and along with the corpse of that version of Doctor Strange with another monster chasing her. So where we find uh, Doctor Strange is that he's at uh, his love interest, Christine Palmer's wedding. She's marrying another guy. And this is the scene where I was talking about where he kind of reminisces about kind of the failed failed romance he had with her Uh, in this case. Brought upon, because in the in, at the end of the last movie, it looks like they're getting back together, but then obviously uh, Infinity War happens and he gets dusted. Um, so uh, he leaves the wedding to go save her because she's being chased by another monster, and we have like the weakest uh set piece of the film, which is he's fighting this one-eyed tentacle thing, and it's it's fine, but it's not really memorable. What was it memorable to you, see? It reminded me of, like, the first boss you play
1: against in a video game.
0: Yeah, yeah. All right. So she tells him, hey, uh, someone's trying to steal my power. And him and Wong go, like, okay, we're going to take you to, like, HQ of all sorcerers to protect you. And then Doctor Strange goes, like, oh, it looks like you were being chased by somebody who knows dark magic or witchcraft, he says. Let me go talk to Wanda. Um, So here's the thing, ladies and gentlemen. You, before we get into any other spoilers, yeah, you really need to see WandaVision in order to understand where Wanda's headspace is right now.
1: Yeah, the like, movie does catch you up, but not in a way that's as as good as watching WandaVision would be.
0: Yeah, so the, you really, really need to to uh, to uh, watch uh, WandaVision in order to be like, okay, what's the Scarlet Witch been up to?
1: And in fact, that might have, I will say, that might be a crutch of this movie. We probably rated this a little bit higher than we would have if we hadn't seen WandaVision.
0: No, you're, you're totally right there. But I, I would venture to say if you're going to be watching a Dr. Strange sequel, you're very likely also have been watching some of the Marvel TV shows. This is true. Um, all right. So he goes and he meets with Wanda and Wanda is basically like, no, I'll totally help out. Uh, uh, I'll see what I can do to protect America Chavez. And Dr. Strange goes like, I never told you her name. And this is the biggest spoiler of them all. The villain of the movie is Wanda, the Scarlet Witch. Dun, dun, dun. Yes. Elizabeth Olsen is playing the villain of this movie. It is not Chuelo Legiofor's Baron Mordo,
1: and it is and it is not Doctor Strange's alt, uh, alternate self, as it's somewhat implied in one of in the first teaser.
0: Yes, it is without a doubt uh, the Scarlet Witch. She is the villain of this movie. She she's making it her mission in life to find America Chavez, who. The film claims is the only interstellar or interuniversal universal traveler in existence. And the way she confirms this is by saying, oh, well, there's no other alternate universe versions of myself. And this is kind of where the dream thing comes in, where he goes like, well, how do you know that? Because I don't dream. Mm-hmm. I was like, uh, okay, I guess. This, this was a weird rule that I thought... <sighs> I thought they just created it because they were like, oh, well, we need to... We need to find some way to justify why uh, Wanda wants to kill America Chavez because, oh, she's the only one. And I'm like, no, I mean, you're already you're already going down as making her the villain. I mean, just Mm -hmm. just say, like, well, she's the only one I can find. Um, There's no reason to create this weird rule of like, well, she's the only one. There's no other one in existence. I felt like. I felt like they they were trying to be like, well, this is why she's uh, such a this is why Wanda's gone so bad is because it's only America Chavez. No one else can do this. Mm-hmm. But anyway, anyway. Uh so, how does Elizabeth Olsen do as the villain? If in the early review we said she's the best part in this movie, and that's because Elizabeth Olsen plays the ass off out of being a villainous Wanda. She plays
1: a she plays a fucking beast a monster and does it well.
0: So 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 many set pieces where the Scarlet Witch is basically kicking the ass of all the other sorcerers Sam Raimi shoots as if uh, the Scarlet Witch Wanda is like an old 80s slasher movie monster that just kills everyone in in her way, and Elizabeth Olsen just plays the role so perfectly. Um, it's it is, like like she she is. Th- th- this is this is how you know she Elizabeth Olsen is such a good actress. The fact that she just there is no hesitation in her performance. Oh, you want me to be Michael Myers and Freddy and uh, and Freddy Krueger? Sure, I can do that. And at the drop she, of a hat. At the drop of a hat, right? It's it and is. You buy it. You buy it. There is literally a moment where she's going through a portal, and her whole body is just like convulsing, like if she's possessed by a demon. Yeah. It is the scariest shit you've seen in a while, and you just see how her face is like relishing in that horror. It's there's Holy also a,
1: a, and we'll get later on what where this takes place but there's a scene in a tunnel where multiple iron doors are coming down and she's just annihilating them like she's an actual monster bursting
0: yep. through each one and it's she does it perfectly and circling back to Sam Raimi so uh for those that don't know Sam Raimi has said on multiple occasions that his two favorite superheroes of all time were Spider-Man and Doctor Strange well having seen this I Apparently Wanda as well. Apparently. I have never seen someone like (sighs) Sam Raimi understands the character of Wanda Maximoff to such an insane degree that, and see, you can attest to this. I literally said, if they announced that Sam Raimi's directing a movie just about uh, Scarlet Witch, I would totally believe it because he treats her with such care, such understanding because so her motivation is, is that she wants to go into a universe where she has the children. She, she created in, in WandaVision, but she, they're real, they're flesh and blood mm-hmm. and she wants to go there and be their mother. Right. Cause the
1: movie basically says that the universe she's in where the, the universe, it the universe in which she made them from sheer force of will and magic or uh, is the only universe where they really don't exist. They, these two children who her, her two children exist in the same way in every, in nearly every other universe.
0: Yeah. And it's, it's so like, like you, that, that's something you can, you can empathize with. You can sympathize. You're like, well, yeah, she wants to be with her kids, but they're not real. And, Multiple times over and over, Doctor Strange and Wong tell her, "Wanda, those kids weren't real. You're not really a mother," and she just goes ham on them. Yeah. Like, and and the movie justifies this by saying, like, "Oh well, her the Darkhold, the book she got at the end of WandaVision from uh, Agatha Harkness, that it's corrupting her," and that's fine. I totally mm-hmm. buy it. But I mean, I mean, yeah, you you want to be like, you want to have a decent excuse of like, why is this good character now bad? But even if they just stuck with she's grieving because she has no kids that she feels a motherly attachment to, mm-hmm. that works too. And yeah. really, really and truly, that's what the film leans on. That it's less, Obviously, they say like, oh, she's being corrupted by the Darkhold. But more so, they're like, oh, she's just really, really wants to be with those kids again.
1: She's in pain. And yeah. the Darkhold is taking advantage of that.
0: Yeah. And this is what we were talking about when we were saying that this is not a Doctor Strange movie. This is a Scarlet Witch movie. This movie really and truly should have been called Scarlet Witch in the Multiverse of Madness. Fuck, the title even works better because she is in the multiverse and she's going through madness. Yeah. Like, like, honestly, the the big character arc change in this is through her when she realizes, oh, this version of myself is something that would scare my children. Mm -hmm. I need to accept that. They weren't real in my universe, and I have to make peace with that. She's the one that goes through the standard protagonist growth. She learns the lessons. Doctor Strange doesn't really learn anything. No, no. Doctor Strange doesn't learn. Like, okay. The the one thing he does learn is that apparently, oh, I can never be with Christine. Boo hoo. But again, like we said before, there's like a scene, and then like four four beats of dialogue that talk about it. It's it's so like rote and shallow. Mm -hmm. But but no, like. The, the character growth, the lesson learned, that's all Wanda. And Elizabeth yeah. Olsen gives such an amazing performance. She also, she doesn't learn
1: it without any, the character doesn't learn it without, with any help. She learns it on her own.
0: Yeah. She learns it on her own because at the end, uh, she does eventually, uh, she does eventually capture America Chavez and mm-hmm. steal her power. Or no, no, no. She tries to steal her power. But America Chavez, out of nowhere, goes like after she gets a pep talk from Doctor Strange, goes like, "Oh, now I know how to control my power," mm-hmm. and she opens a portal and goes like, "Oh, go, go, see the kids," and Wanda goes. Well, no, goes it's in. not
1: that. It's not that. Go see the kids. It's she opens up a portal. Wanda goes through it and I guess manages to find the kids.
0: Yeah, and the kids are like terrified of her cause she's like covered in blood and like with a bunch of chaotic energy magic surrounding her. Yeah. And they're like, and she's also in her wand
1: of in her want in her Scarlet witch outfit.
0: Yeah. And they're like terrified of her and they go like a witch a witch mom save us. And then, uh, the, an alternate Wanda comes out and goes like, these are my kids. And when Wanda sees those kids crying at the sight of her, mm-hmm. she finally makes peace with it. And you know, yeah. uh, yeah. We'll we'll get into kind of the climax a little bit more, but uh, that's the big that's the big spoiler of the film is that. Well, Wanda, that's the first big spoiler. Of the that's film. the first big spoiler of the film is that Wanda is the villain, and yes. she is an amazing villain. This movie <laughs> really is all about her. Yeah, uh, the movie. Like, tries, I would,
1: I now want a Wanda standalone film. I'm very curious about what they do for that.
0: Exactly, it is very good. Um, th- th- Sam Raimi relishes in like enveloping her with so many visual. Like like horror visual flares. Like she's the zombie. She's the slasher monster. She's the ghost that comes out of the uh, out of the uh, window mirrors. She's it's, the
1: girl possessed in The Exorcist.
0: Yes, yes, it's and Elizabeth Olsen does it all like a champion. Mm-hmm. Honestly, like like there's yeah she's she's she is the MVP and the goat of this movie. Um. All right. So, game acknowledges game. <laughs> game acknowledges game. Exactly. See. In a so, world
1: where you and I have none.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, Sorry, that came off wrong. But you. Well, know. Well. Okay. So. Um. So after the first big battle, where Wanda like decimates like the soldier or the sorcerers at uh, at the the sorcerer HQ. Mm-hmm. Uh, the America, temple. Yeah, the temple. America Chavez freaks out and opens another portal, and her and Doctor Strange go through it. Right. Mm-hmm. And they end up in, and they end up in an alternate universe. Where well, I
1: also want to add, we initially get a really cool sequence of them flying through
0: a bunch of crazy universes first, yeah. which was pretty cool. Yeah, it, it was pretty cool. Um, they, uh, but you know, there's one where they're paint. There's one where they're animated uh there's one where they're made of cubes yeah yeah it was a fun little visual montage it doesn't last long it lasts like maybe what like 20 seconds i thought it was a solid 30 seconds but maybe not okay so they end up in an alternate universe where like people are kind of dressed weird and red means go and green means stop
1: and technology is like a little bit better
0: a little bit better so they go in to try to find that version or or that universe is uh, also there's more like
1: there are more plants everywhere. I don't know why, but there
0: were, they, they, they go to, um, they go to try to find like that version of Dr. Strange. And instead of finding Dr. Strange, they find a big statue dedicated to his memory because he basically died or they say he died stopping Thanos. Mm -hmm. And the current sorcerer Supreme is Baron Mordo. Right. Mm -hmm. And they, AKH, what he edge for. Chihuahua for yes. So they talk with Chihuahua Ejiofor for a bit and he drugs them. And when they wake up, they're like in these glass cubes and he tells them, hey, you you guys are a bigger threat to the multiverse than the Scarlet Witch of your universe. So we're going to like interrogate you for a bit. And that's where he meets that universe's version of Rachel McAdams' character, Christine Palmer, mm-hmm. right? where Where, you know, he kind of reconnects with her and he asks her like, "Hey, did my my did my alternate self date you?" And she goes like, "Yeah, okay, great." And then she she makes a name drop. He goes like, "Where are we?" And she goes, "Oh, you're in the Baxter, you're in a Baxter Foundation." So for those that don't know, the Baxter Foundation is the organization created by Reed Richards of the Fantastic Four. Mm-hmm. So uh, Baron Mordo takes Doctor Strange to meet. Their version of the Avengers, which isn't called the Avengers, it's called the Illuminati. <laughs> I forgot that's what they called which it. Is which is in the comics. So yes. for those that don't know, in the in the Marvel comics, uh, uh, they created this organi- this like secret group of, of superheroes to guard like the the Infinity Gems, right? Mm-hmm. And the Illuminati roster was Doctor Strange, uh, Iron Man, Black Bolt. Professor Xavier, uh, Namor, and I'm missing one. Uh, and Reed Richards, yeah, and Reed and you're, Richards.
1: You're talking about in the comic.
0: In the comics, that that okay. was the roster of the Illuminati, and they each took control of of one of the six gems. Mm-hmm. Um, Reed Richards,
1: hey, aka Mister
0: Fantastic. Mister Fantastic, yeah. They were also the group that blasted Hulk out from Earth, and that they kind of. Were the reason why he like was in Planet Hulk, and mm-hmm. when he comes back, they are the people he wants to beat up for like kicking him out of Planet. Earth. Oh no,
1: he doesn't want to just beat him up. He wants to kill them.
0: Yeah, but back to this movie. Yeah. So Doctor Strange is taken away to be to be, you know, kind of this tribunal with that Illum- that Illuminati group,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: this is where you get all the where you get the expected uh, cameos, right? So. We get, uh, and we get, again, Baron Mordo, played by Chiwetel Ejiofor. We get a version of Captain Marvel played by um, the actress who played Maria Rambeau, um, or a.k.a. her best friend from the Captain Marvel movie, mm-hmm. a.k.a. the actress who was in...
1: They basically switched the roles. The yeah. friend became the Captain Marvel instead.
0: yeah. Uh, I'm trying to find the name of the actress because, you know, she was in James Bond as well. LaTosh, oh, yeah, she, yeah. Lashana Lynch.
1: And so she's, she's, she's great yeah, in so she, in James Bond, I should say.
0: Yeah. So she plays that version of Captain Marvel. We get Captain Carter from the uh, What If Marvel show played by Haley Altwell.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, we get an alternate version of, <clears throat> an alternate version of Black Bolt. With the role reprised by Anson Mount. So Anson Mount played Black Bolt in the god-awful ABC show Inhumans. And he has like a comic accurate costume and he has the tuning fork on his head. Mm
1: -hmm. And
0: when they talk about a flashback on how... So again, another big thing is that it's revealed that it wasn't actually Doctor Strange who killed Thanos. um, Or he did kill Thanos, but he used a forbidden technique to kill him so the the illuminati killed him in response to that so anson and that's where they kind of show anson mount doing the black bolt power of when he speaks his voice is so powerful it destroys everything in front of it mm-hmm. um and uh then we get we get uh professor x professor charles xavier played by patrick stewart and this is a little fun thing for the fans he um when they introduce him, they play the 1990s X-Men cartoon theme song when mm-hmm. he comes in and people that kind of got a lot of cheers from people yeah people were like, oh yeah well yeah like, da, 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 a lot da, da, of, da. a lot of a lot of young dads cheered yeah, a lot of young dads cheered and uh, finally we get Reed Richards played by John Krasinski.
1: And that, that got the biggest reaction.
0: Yeah. So, for those that don't know, like we mentioned before that Benedict Cumberbatch was always like the the common fan cast for Doctor Strange to the point that people were like, oh, well, since everyone's saying that's the no-brainer, it's not going to be him, but it ended up being him. After that, especially after uh, after A Quiet Place came out, uh, John Krasinski, Krasinski was always like the fan popular fan cast for Reed Richards and Emily Mm -hmm. Blunt, his wife, for Sue Richards Mm -hmm. or Sue Storm. And, you know, imagine my surprise, our surprise, when he pops in with his stretchy powers and you're like, wait, that's Jim from The Office. Oh, my God. Marvel actually, like, listened to fan casting again. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I mean, so... Another big thing is that after we get introduced to the Illuminati, uh, uh, Wanda does a does that forbidden technique that they killed their version of Doctor Strange for, uh, which is called dreamwalking where she possesses an alternate universe version of herself so she can walk across that universe and do in- incredible damage.
1: Yeah. That is actually so yeah, that is something that they that is that we that is established kind of earlier in the movie than before we just established it. Is that Dreamwalking is a way you can literally temporarily
0: possess the other version of you in another universe. Yeah. So, so she does that. And in fact, it's this, it's this version of Wanda that when she goes into that universe again, she tries to take her kids, right? Mm -hmm. So she possesses this version of Wanda and She goes to the Illuminati uh, uh, headquarters in order to kill uh, or in order to capture America Chavez and kill her. So the Illuminati go and faces her and Wanda literally kills all of them except for Baron Mordo. Mordo. Mm -hmm. She literally turns Reed Richard into strands and then blows up his head, takes away Black Bolt's mouth. And when he screams in surprise, his head explodes. He chops Captain Carter in half with her own shield. And she basically crushes Captain Marvel or the Mario Rambeau version of Captain Marvel with rubble. Mm -hmm. And uh, then um, we get a showcase of Professor X's uh, mind uh, telepathy ability where he's trying to free the possessed Wanda. And then this like. This what was like this red cloud comes over him, and this monstrous Scarlet Witch comes out and snaps his neck. Mm-hmm. It that's that's really probably the biggest jump scare of the entire movie. Yeah, because, it's it's
1: legit scary.
0: Yeah, it, people like jump. And
1: credit to Patrick Stewart, he knew exactly what what kind of a, how he had to play. He he perfectly reprised the role of Professor X and knew what was needed of him.
0: Yes, yes. Uh, like Patrick Stewart, like again. I know everyone loves James McAvoy, but like honestly, when I think of Professor X, I still think of Patrick Stewart. Of course you do. And listen, anyone we, do, anyone would. And listen, I am so happy for Anson Mount because like that Inhumans TV show, he's in uh, one of the new Star Trek TV shows as Captain Pike. Uh mm. but that that god awful Inhumans TV show must have been, must have been such a stain on his career.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: imagine his surprise when like he gets a phone call from Kevin Feige and it's like, Hey, yeah, I want you to reprise a uh, black bolt. I, You know, even for like a, for like an he first camp- check.
1: He first probably checked to make sure it wasn't April 1st.
0: Yeah, exactly. And you know, he, he even, he even got a chance to do like the, 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 the black bolt, like sign language uh, thing mm-hmm. that the character is known for. Uh, Lashana Lynch as Mario Rambeau as Captain Marvel. I mean, yeah, worked fine, you know. Yeah. I I I wonder if they really wanted Brie Larson, but she was just too busy or something. Mm. Um, and then Haley Otwell as Captain Carter. I never saw that episode of What If, but was that like true to the character as far as you could tell?
1: So yeah, it was it was a perfect copy of the the performance because it was she also did the voice acting for it. I think. Mm. Um, don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure that's the case. Mm-hmm. But. She she did a very true performance to what was in that episode, so it's it's they're one, they're one to one exact.
0: Okay, okay, um, all right. So again, Wanda kills them all, uh, but they're able to escape and find another MacGuffin. So, like, uh, America Chavez well, is a before, MacGuffin.
1: First of all, bef- before America Chavez was a m- MacGuffin, there's some weird
0: book that's a MacGuffin, which, which they establish is like the the divine the good version of the darkhold the, the book of Vish, vishnu
1: yeah but they don't really care about that book that much and for a second i was like wait there i like for us for 10 seconds forgot there were two books and then i was like oh right
0: there are two books yeah, i there's forgot a, there's the bad book which 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 wanda has which it's the necronomicon wanda, that, that's another funny thing yeah the darkhold's pretty much the necronomicon like <laughs> like i was like i was like oh it makes sense, Sam Raimi's directing this. this is the Necrocomicon. but yes, there's the Book of Vishnu, which is like or Vishanti, the Book of Vishanti, which mm-hmm. which is the good version of the Darkhold, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, they because like the dead ver- the alternate version of Doctor Strange had access to the Book of Vishanti, uh, Doctor Strange, the alternate Christine Palmer and America Chavez are able to find the book with relatively. No problem, even though they're being chased by this possessed Wanda, right? Mm-hmm. And <laughs> they get to the book and they get to the book and then Wanda Wanda come comes in and basically just burns it before they get a chance to use it. Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, that whole MacGuffin subplot was pretty useless, right? Mm-hmm. So <laughs> So America Chavez has a freak out, but uh she gets captured by uh, who did she get captured by? I don't, re- I don't really remember. <laughs> I don't remember either. She gets captured. But, but she gets captured by, by Wanda somehow. I don't remember how, but then she freaks out and, uh, Doctor Strange and alternate Christine Palmer gets thrown into another universe. Which,
1: oh, by the way, one more thing. So when the bad book, I'm just calling, no, when the Necronomicon, it's the Necronomicon, yeah. when the Necronomicon gets destroyed, it's then revealed that, like, well, this isn't really the 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 tomes of evil or whatever. This is just the first cop the first tomes of evil that were put on paper the original tomes are carved in stone in some high up fucking mountain which wanda basically turns into her home base real quick
0: yeah so this actually happens a lot early in the movie like 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 yeah i forgot to mention that too so uh, right after uh, america chavez and doctor strange like escape into like this alternate universe uh, wanda tries to do dreamwalking but a sorcerer burns the book before she has a chance to complete the spell. So she basically kidnaps Wong and goes, you're going to show me where this mountain is. God, which turns I just remembered all base. of this
1: as you're fucking saying it. It's yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. This all yeah. Happened.
0: Okay. So Sorry. she goes, she finds, she finds the mountain. She's able to do the spell, kills the Illuminati. And then she burns the book of Ishanti. but, and she captures America Chavez and, uh, Dr. Str- Dr. Strange and, uh, And uh, alternate Christine Palmer end up in a second alternate universe, right? And this is an alternate universe where Doctor Strange, again, started dreamwalking. And here's the thing where I got really confused. Somehow or another, dreamwalking apparently causes universes to implode on each other. And I'm like, why and how? How Why would it do that? So my understanding was, is that he...
1: So the universe they go to was where, as he put it, he just says, and this is where they like decide to like really loosen up the rules quite a bit, where he just goes, things really got out of hand. Uh, the bad version of Doctor Strange says that, and that's meant to imply that like he just went too far when trying to stop everything for bad from happening, and oh. he ended up destroying the world somehow.
0: Okay. So this is kind of the scene where where if it gets brought up that like well what if, what if Doctor Strange starts using the chaos magic that Wanda's using? That's right? right. That's what it was. That that that's when that subplot gets brought up. And here's the thing, like you're like, "Oh, okay, why would he care? He already has ma- he already has his own version. He has his magic, right?" Mm-hmm. And so because this is the second time it's brought up like, Oh, the Illuminati killed their Stephen strange because he used chaos magic. And then they're in a universe where that Stephen strange like destroyed his own universe because of chaos magic. It's getting brought up like, Oh, chaos magic and Dr. Strange don't mix well. Right. And mm-hmm. this is kind of where the movie is like really confused over like what it's trying to do with Dr. Strange mm-hmm. is the, is the film trying to, uh, trying to do a character study on the doomed romance between him and Christine Palmer. It's like, there's like four lines of four lines of dialogue and, and scene early in the movie. That's about that. The wedding scene. Mm -hmm. Right. And then it goes like, well, is this about Dr. Strange coming corrupted like Wanda? And Mm -hmm. that literally get brought up up at the tail end of the second act Mm -hmm. where you're like, um, okay, I I guess this is what this movie is about. Right. Mm -hmm. But he never... Okay, so um, he ends up wanting to find out a way to go back to his universe to defeat Wanda and Bad Doctor Strange just refuses to tell him and instead he wants to kill him and keep uh, Christine Palmer for himself. And they have a fight with uh, (laughs) using music, which was pretty cool. (laughs) It was cool. It it was actually really cool, but you're just kind of confused because you're like, why why do you... Like, I get you're still in love with, with, with Dr. Palmer, but... Like, what makes you think she's going to want to stay with you? Um, or, or, or like, especially in a universe that looks like it's going to be even more destroyed. Um, so Benedict, or not Benedict, uh, our Doctor Strange. No, Benedict
1: Strange. Strange. Yeah.
0: So uh, Doctor Strange uh, kills bad Doctor Strange, right? He kills him. And he basically is like, oh, God, we're stuck here. What are we going to do? And, he, and while that's happening, Wanda is beginning the spell to remove uh, uh, America Chavez's powers and kill her in, in the process. Um, so, Dr. Strangely goes like, oh, there's nothing I can do. Wait, I can do dreamwalking. And obviously, alternate Dr. Christine Palmer goes, oh, all your strangers are alike. You all want to use chaos magic. But it's like, it's like. And here's the thing. He goes like, well, it's the only way. And she goes like, you're right. It's the only way. It's such a shallow. <laughs> she just like, accepts it. She goes like, oh, it's the only way. And <laughs> here's the crazy thing. It took Wanda a while to master chaos magic. And this was something that kind of annoyed me in the, in the first film was that Dr. Strange goes like, oh, I'm, I'm really having a hard time learning magic. But then he just out of nowhere becomes the best magician out of all of them. Mm -hmm. And then this is the kind of the same thing. He's like, I don't know how to use chaos magic, the dark magic, the magic of the damned. And then he's like, Oh, actually I'm pretty good at this. (laughs) Yeah. He's like, he guys and gals, everyone
1: listening. He literally takes like the, the banshees of the dead and turns them into a cloak at one point. Yeah. Is all I can say. So that's a little later,
0: but here's, here's the thing. So he dreamwalks into the corpse of himself (laughs) <laughs> that that America Chavez showed him to prove that she was from a different dimension mm. and this is where Sam Raimi goes like I'm just remaking Evil Dead guys yeah. literally when that corpse comes out from its, from its grave mm-hmm. it is shot for shot the Evil Dead where he goes like yep. it is hilarious people some people were like clapping when they go like ah evil dead but i was like i enjoyed it but i i was just kind of shocked at how blatant it was you know yeah so anyway uh so anyway uh as he's dreamwalking a corpse uh dr strange has to battle the banshees of hell and like uh she said because raising the dead is is forbidden right uh as so so he turns him into a cloak. Yeah. and then he he goes and fights Wanda, right? Yeah. So he fights Wanda, and by the way, visually, I'll admit, visually, undead
1: Doctor Strange with a cloak of 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 hell banshees with arms flailing all over the place looked really fucking cool. I'll acknowledge that.
0: Yeah, no, it was it was pretty fucking cool. Um, then Wong comes into the battle because uh, Wanda threw him over the mountain, but he was able to survive,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and. Uh, uh so dr strange still can't beat wanda so as she's like disintegrating the corpse uh dr strange crawls to america chavez and goes like believe in the me that believes in you and uh we haven't talked about this but uh the flashback is basically when america chavez got her powers uh she sent her two moms to like an alternate universe that she has no idea where they went. So she assumes she just killed them.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But then, you know, Dr. Strange goes like, well, you just sent them into another dimension for all, you know, they could still be alive looking for you.
1: And he even emphasizes like, and if they're
0: anything like you, which they would be they're pro- there's a good chance. They're okay. Yeah. Uh, just an aside, something that kind of annoyed me. Right. Okay. So when you get that flashback, right, it look, it almost looks like America Chavez's universe Almost looks like a completely different planet, right? It well, you know what it looks like. It it looks like the planet that um, the Navi are from. Yeah, right. Where it looks like it, they, yeah, it looks like Pandora. Mm-hmm. It but, doesn't look like Earth. But the but America Chavez is speaking Spanish, and she's from a planet known
1: as Earth in a different dimension.
0: Right, and I'm just like, and then the way like her her moms are dressed, it's like oh, it, it really is a different universe. But then you're like, wait, but then how would you know Spanish? <laughs> like, like it feels like your universe is so different from ours. That yeah, Spanish it was so would... removed that it's like multiple yeah.
1: alternate histories. Like the very inception of the history we can imagine is totally different. But Spanish
0: exists. Right. It's so somehow. weird. It's so... <laughs> <laughs> oh, I also had this feeling. So um, it, in case it wasn't clear before, uh, the... So the, the, Wanda, the Wanda the Scarlet Witch possesses lives in the same universe as the Illuminati. So when we're first introduced to that universe, like I said, green means stop, red means go. And mm-hmm. people are dressed super weird, right? Everything looks weird. Mm-hmm. But when we cut to that Wanda with her children, it literally looks like she's in our universe. Like, yeah. she's not wearing weird clothes no. and her house looks super normal. Mm-hmm. So I kept thinking to myself, like, okay, why does this Illuminati universe look super crazy in the city, but the suburbs look like our suburbs? There was that disconnect where at first I was like, oh, well, I must be, this must be like a different, different universe. Nope, but, then it, same one. but then, when Wanda possesses her, you're like, oh, the I suburbs guess that are the is. same. I I guess that is the Illuminati universe.
1: Okay. It's just so weird. Well, what that tells you is that when they shot, this is why I'm convinced, actually, and I didn't mention this before, that rewrites were likely happening while shooting, it seems like, because you can tell they shot that scene with something slightly different in mind. And then they're like, oh, but wait, we have a problem with that. But we can still use it. No one's going to care. And for the most part, you don't. But now that you pointed out, you're like, oh, you're right. It yeah. wasn't, it didn't match.
0: Yeah, they could have just cut to her arriving at the at the Illuminati uh, headquarters. And, you know, we did need to know, like, oh, well, where did this alternate Wanda come from? What was her story, right? And then you could have had the scene where she meets... Th- her with the kids again just be like oh maybe that's a different different universe exactly yeah because i can think to myself like okay when we see her at her house that does not look like a universe where red means go and green means stop no but, we see we see cartoons we recognize yeah <laughs> on the tv yeah exactly so anyway uh back to where we were with the spoiler filled uh plot description uh so yeah no so uh so the the corpse the corpse of Doctor Strange possessed by our Doctor Strange gives America Chavez a pep talk, being like, "I believe in you," <laughs> and then she basically const- corpse she- talk. Yeah. So and this is where there's more rule breakage. She starts using her punches to open universes to punch Wanda, and I just keep thinking to myself like, how would your pro- power translate into you being able to punch hard? How? And I just and- wrote it off as, well, if you're strong enough to punch a hole
1: in the universe, you're strong enough to knock back a superhuman. of some it kind. It was,
0: it was, yeah. So she fights Wanda for a bit and then she's like, you know what? No, I'm just going to open this universe. So she opens up the Illuminati universe again. Wanda walks in and like we say, stated earlier, she finds her kids. They are terrified of her. She's broken up about it. And then. Illuminati Wanda, who should be really pissed that this bitch took over her body and made her kill five people. And,
1: like, hung out with her kids for a bit.
0: Yeah. And she's like, oh, don't worry, Wanda. Know that they are loved.
1: Well, this is where, like, This movie had, it's kind of like how, remember when WandaVision, Wanda was kind of forgiven for like the horror she put that town through? Yeah. It's kind of like, unfortunately, the same problem. And I I am again saying that Wanda's motivations were very strong and I even understood them. But again, this is a case where Wanda's like huge, massive transgressions were like pretty easily written off.
0: Yeah. Well, okay. So they're easily written off by Illuminati universe Wanda, right? But Wanda herself is still like, oh, no, what I what I did throughout this whole movie was really fucked up, guys. Mm-hmm. And she goes like, you know what? Fuck it. So that mountain of the Scarlet Witch with the with the runes of chaos magic, she go. she tells uh, she tells uh, America, America, Chavez and Wong to leave and she just destroys it. Right.
1: Mm-hmm. So she tr-
0: destroys it. Columns are falling down all around her like Samson from the Bible. And we get a wide shot of kind of the chaos magic, like surrounding surrounding the entrance of that of that tower. So they might be able to be like, "Oh, well, Wanda died crushing herself," but that's bullshit. She obviously teleported herself out of there.
1: No, so she
0: got as, as far as we know. I don't accept that Wanda's dead. No,
1: Wanda ain't dead. There's no way. She ain't dead.
0: There's no way. She's going to pop up somewhere, probably either the next Avengers movie or the next Dr. Strange movie. Who knows? All right. Yeah. She gets a nice little break, but she will be back. She will be back. Um, so America opens a portal to rescue, uh, Dr. Strange and Illuminati universe version of Christine Palmer. And, uh, you know, the, the day is saved, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, America Chavez decides to stay at the temple and learn how to be a sorceress. Uh, so there's been there was a running joke throughout the entire film that Doctor Strange refuses to bow to Wong since Wong is the Sorcerer Supreme. And in a moment of humility, Doctor Strange actually does bow to Wong. Right. Mm-hmm. So the day the day is saved, you know, blah blah blah. Uh, Benedict uh, Cumberbatch like does his smirky smile as Doctor Strange, and he walks out of. He walks out of the, um, what is the building called that's in Greenwich Village?
1: <laughs> I love that it's in Greenwich the Sanct- Village.
0: Uh, the Sanctum Sanctorum, I think. All right. So he walks out of the Sanctum to enjoy a beautiful day in New York City. Mm-hmm. And bom, 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 a third eye pops out of his head. Yep. So something I forgot to mention was that evil Doctor Strange apparently developed a third eye mm-hmm. when he started using dark, the dark magic from the Darkhold. Mm -hmm. And so the same thing has now happened to our Doctor Strange. He's developed Mm -hmm. the third eye. Here's the thing. Like, again, they only they don't again. Illuminati uh, Christine Palmer goes like, oh, all Doctor Stranges want to use evil magic. But it's something that gets brought on so late in the film that when you when it's when it ends with him developing the third eye, I'm like, why is that a big deal? Like, if this was a big deal, this would have been the thing that Strange would have been struggling with throughout the entire movie. But you made him like, kind of be sad that he's not with Christine. And then you make him like not really do much because most of the movie is him just reacting to what Wanda's doing.
2: Mm.
0: And then he might have a potential relationship with Illuminati universe Christine Palmer. And then, you know, then you go like, oh, I apparently like messing with with dark magic. Like, it would have
1: been really interesting if they opened the movie where when he wakes up from the dream, he suddenly gets into a lot of pain and the third eye opens for some reason. Yeah, yeah. It's
0: such a last minute thing and it comes in so late in the movie that it just doesn't register as an important event for me. And he could even,
1: like, use magic to hide it, but then it's like the pain, it wants to be seen.
0: All and right, and, like, and, and then the, the anyway, mid, and then the mid credits scene kind of undermines even that. So the movie ends with the eye opening, and that is a really it treats it as a really big deal. You get the dun dun dun, yeah, right, and then the the credits roll, right? We get the we get the end credits, and then you know Marvel always does this after the end credits we get a we get a mid credit scene, right? So the mid credit scene is this, again, different day. Doctor Strange is walking down the street and boom a portal opens but it's not like the the magical portal that the sorcerers do and it's not even the multiverse portal that America Chavez can do it's an, it's an alien a, portal it's like an alien portal and out pops out bum 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 charlie's Theron. now i could look at c and i could tell that he's like wait who is she supposed to be yeah. and i could, i could see that most people were like going like who is she supposed to be I'm happy that after like 20 seconds of me going, who is she supposed to be? Or not 20 seconds, like two seconds of me going like, who is she supposed to be? I go, oh, she's Clea Strange. So in the comics, Stephen Strange has a wife, right? And her name is Clea. And she's like like a chaos magic uh, person as well. Mm-hmm. So, and again, it it's kind of adds that period to this to this whole idea that oh, this is really about the tragic romance between uh, Christine and Steven. Like, oh, he can never... He even goes like, I know I can never be with you in any universe. And we feel sad that like, oh, no one will ever love Doctor Strange. But obviously if Clea appears, she's going to be eventually his wife. So he does end up finding love,
2: mm-hmm. right?
0: But, but here, here's the thing. It's a fun mid-credits sequ- sequence. You go like, oh, okay. Uh, Clea is going to be in the next movie. It's Charlize Theron. It's going to be a lot of fun. And she goes, you've messed with the multiverse. And he goes like, yeah, you need to help me fix it. Okay. And he goes like, are you ready? He's like, yeah. And then what he does is that his, his uh, third eye pops up. So the movie proper ends with him like in pain that the eye opened. And we're like, oh, my God, what's he going to do now? And then the mid credit sequ- scene, uh, scene ends with him being like, eh, I have a third eye now. Isn't that cool? Yeah. So that scene, in a way, undermines the ending of the movie where we're like, oh, no, what's going to happen now? And it's like, oh, no, he, he, he deals with it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so and then the final the final uh, end credits scene is literally a Bruce Campbell cameo. Mm-hmm. So he, he had a scene when they first arrived in the uh, Illuminati universe where he sells pizza balls. And Dr. Strange casts a spell on him where he starts punching himself with the hand he had, with his hand that would have been where the, uh, the, uh, the, the, um, the chainsaw would have been, right? Mm -hmm. Right. So he's just punching himself over and over again. And then the, the end credit scene is basically him stopping the punching. He goes like, it's over. And the movie ends. Mm -hmm. And that's it. That's it. So those are all the big spoilers. Wanda's the villain. Uh, John Krasinski plays uh Reed Richards. Uh, um, Patrick Stewart's in it yeah. as Charles Xavier. Haley Otwell's in it as uh Captain Carter. Uh, Lashana Lynch is in it as a different version of Captain Marvel. Uh, Anson Mount reprises his role as a comic accurate version of Black Bolt. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, uh, Clea Doc- Strange, Clea Strange yeah. is going to be in the third movie.
1: Yeah, those. That's every. That's every piece of like new information you could possibly need, or spoiler information that is revealed in this movie. It's actually quite a bit. It's just released
0: in such an odd way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really is. It really is. So that's it for this review we have spoken for almost two and a half hours um i probably will just make this still one episode so yeah. enjoy this listen as you're going on a really long day trip and uh, without further ado i'm c i'm
1: al good night everybody